0: the Bayesian Conspiracy. I'm Inyash Brodsky. I'm Steven Zuber. I'm Jay Sticky. And we are going to have, well, I am going to make a real quick uh, feedback thing before we jump into the posts, the sequence posts today, if that's okay? Make a feedback thing. Okay, um, apparently I did not know this, so this is good information uh, found out on our Discord. Uh, Last episode we were talking about various supplements, and one of the big ones that we like is... um, God, how do you pronounce the whole thing? Nicotinamide ribosin? Yep, riboside. Riboside, thank you. Uh, NR for short, which is just what I always think of it as and call it. It uh, turns out that's not uh, shelf-stable at room temperature. Um, it degrades, like, slowly over a month's time. It apparently will lose, like, 20 25% uh, potency. Oh, like-
1: so you've learned that you've been
0: tossing a lot of this basically in the toilet it sounds like possibly yes uh so as as a note keep it probably in the refrigerator if you keep it because that'll that'll be fine and you know it's not terrible if you only buy a one-month supply but if you bought like a three-month supply then by the time you get to the near the end of your third month it's it's mostly degraded yeah apparently that's
1: annoying i know that like dry pills that like you know you get a bottle of uh um tylenol or i don't know Aceda or um, hydrocodone or like all the ones that are dry packed pills, mm-hmm. like not the liquid gels, not uh, the ones with capsules on them or whatever. Mm-hmm. They always say, like, say they expire in two years. They're good, like ninety eight percent for like fifteen years. As long later. as you keep it dry. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: And they usually, I don't know, they package in those uh, little silica gel or uh, there's oh, um, crap. One of the brands of pills that I got recently had like a actual little like dehydrator mechanism in there. And that was cool because it was uh like krill oil and those like get they kind of turn into jelly over time. (laughs) Hmm. I I, like stopped taking uh even though like you know doctors still recommend fish oil but like yeah that's another thing about like the shelf stability thing where fish oil can go rancid and apparently a lot of the fish oil capsules you buy yeah are rancid. I can Uh, confirm.
1: I buy 180 at a time and that means I buy it once. Or well, you can buy it every... rancid,
2: because it might have been sitting on the shelf in the store or in stock somewhere. Yeah, that could be a two.
1: Whatever it is, when it arrives, because it's been 100 degrees out in the shipping truck that it arrived in, yeah, you open it, and just hits you in the face, like, oh. you know, fish smell. And so, like, then some of them are, like, melted to the bottom. Oh, so I yeah. end up usually putting them in the freezer and then shaking them apart when I get them. I mean, if they cost more than eight bucks for 150 then, you know, I wouldn't bother wasting money on so it. I've just been it, but... eating
2: fish. Or, but like... That's the smart way to probably <laughs> consume fish parts. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh I don't know. Yeah, apparently um the neuro neotropics tro- depot? Uh, I, I, I like to just, I,
2: I just say no tropics, but no like tropics. apparently the pre- correct pronunciation is nootropics. Like you gotta like dude, just p- pronounce both O's and that just You nobody, take your nootropics and your gifs and get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, GIFs. GIFs.
0: Fuck. Fuck GIFs yeah i did uh, it wrong but the the place that we linked Neotropics depot uh does keep them refrigerated in their warehouse uh from what i heard anyway i didn't look into it personally uh so but yeah and
2: they test all their stuff too like that's yeah. just
0: so just keep it refrigerated once you get it at home i and feel like it really shouldn't degrade much if at all on the sh- shipping trip over
2: yeah there's like uh you guys you, you did an episode before on Neotropics, right Bef- we did Was was i on that Nine. I don't think I was on the podcast yet. I it was enough years
1: ago years. that it's completely faded from my memory. Should maybe I do another one at some point.
0: Uh, after Katrina left, but before you joined. Okay. Could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had like a nine, ten month period like that.
1: That is, I remember the period. I couldn't tell you one episode we did during that time. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Nootropics was one of them. Fair enough.
2: Uh, yeah, I. Oh, we had would a. Like to do Tara another one at some on point. For that one, or somebody. We had a guest on for that I one. I think you had a guest on. Well,
0: I know we had a guest. And
2: on. And I think it was biohacking, not not Nootropics, but uh like as the topic but you talked a lot about nootropics okay i think it was like under the umbrella of biohacking oh though.
1: if it was biohacking then it was that guy from russia that we had uh oh
2: yeah he was on the live episode too right maybe or was that a different guy i from don't know russia? i remember that we had a guy from
1: russia do an episode with us <laughs> yeah, there's only two right and he was talking about uh, <laughs> there's
0: only two dudes in all of russia <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it was lucky dudes he was talking about how he had been taking like 100 or 200 milligrams of modafinil every day for the last several years and it was doing great and that sort of stuff okay that rings a bell Okay. So first of all, I feel like I want to re-listen it. to that now. And but he turns out Russian. It, we talked to a Russian guy about about Modafinil at some point. Okay. <laughs> if, sorry, if you know sorry or listener, are this I Russian suck. guy, <laughs> let us know in the comments. I don't. I don't know what my issue is. It's you know for posterity. If anyone's listening to this, you know years down the road and COVID's not or COVID has been over at that by that point, everyone's brain is mush at this point in twenty twenty. is so
2: mush. If we're
1: recording near the end of I need some no-tropos. End of November mm-hmm. and. I was just thinking about that this morning, like, I thought it was October still, even though Thanksgiving just <laughs> happened, and... It's
2: almost, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be December in, like,
1: a like what, two days? Three two days. days. It's Dang. been such a fucking waste of a year. Like, uh, I mean, I I've know. done stuff, but it's just, like, the whole year has just been, like, this weird haze. I know. Yeah, Write it off.
2: But, like, at least it's been, like, I, I don't know if this is comforting, but, like, I kind of keep thinking, well, at least it's been a shit year for everyone, <laughs> so, like, we're all kind of, we're all kind of right here. <laughs> yeah. Depression land. Uh... Oh, what were we talking about? We were talking about these like sequences. Yes,
0: we? we should get into them so that we can get on to the main topic. So our sequences for today are... Uh, the first one is The Lens That Sees Its Flaws, which is an old favorite of mine. And uh, I confess that I missed reading these this week. So well, who would like to start? I'll
1: well, start you, us off. You have
2: read them before, though. I have,
1: yes. Yeah, and this one is that... I mean, it's two minutes. It says it's a two-minute read at the top. I would like just to read the whole thing because this is one of the ones where... You know I think your phrasing at some point was uh Eliezer has like a great word count to information ratio mm. and this is one of those that just comes through super heavy there's so much to think about in a 2 minute read and uh this is one of my most memorable and favorite ones the overall uh if I had to summarize it in a couple of sentences and then we'll get into the more in-depth bit is that like the human brain is capable of analyzing itself in a way that other brains on earth aren't yeah. like mice and that's the example he uses are aware of, like their world consists of like cheese and cats and holes and, and mouse traps but it doesn't consist of having mouse eyes and mouse brains right yeah. that's not
0: part of what you need to be a mouse yeah um that, that line is see, but they don't know they have visual cortexes so they can't correct for optical illusions there you go. i
2: kind of wanted to like call out the fact that like. Man, like, take it easy on mice. Mice have contributed so much to science. I mean, this isn't putting them <laughs> down. This is just, if they were no, self-reflective, it just... would be kind of an a ethical nightmare. It's just yeah. a thing that jumped into my head where I was like, man, like, give mice a break. Yeah. You know how many, like, mice have their brains dissected so we can was... have cool drugs and whatever? Yeah,
1: I was going <laughs> to use squirrels because squirrels are a lot of the same thing. Or, like, if we're going to go a different route with it, um, like, small bugs. Uh, their world is very different than ours in that, like, to them the surface tension of water counts as a, a surface to move across, right? But yeah. for us, it's not, because we're too big. Yeah. Bugs probably
2: yeah. don't really have very much in the way of even thinking about, like, this is a pond, and I need to go over that. It's probably, like, a lot of just acting right. on instinct. Yeah, I, but I, I don't, I don't of, think if then bugs flips. even
0: know that they exist.
2: Possibly, like, mantids and spiders, because they're, they're pretty intelligent. But anyway. Like I assume
0: pretty much all mammals are aware of their own existence at some level, even if they aren't aware of, you know, the fact that they have brains. I kind of picture it as just, like, an impulse to keep
1: doing things if you're a fly. Yeah. Like, it's not even so much that, like, I want to have kids. It's, it's not, of course, not that complicated, mm, but yeah. it's more just, like, it's <laughs> not even, like, a thought of, like, reproduce. It's probably just a thought of, like, do this thing. Yeah. And here's I see a this, stimulus do that. Now, here's the, yeah. the response that it triggers. That's sort of how what I imagine being a small bug is like. But that's not the point. The point is, is that humans aren't like that. Yes. We have... Uh, we have eyes, we have brains, but we also know that we have eyes and brains and visual cortices. And what and, those are? Yeah, exactly, and it this gives us the ability to not just be aware of things, but to be aware of the mechan the mechanics involved of being aware of those things, and that gives you the power to, uh, like in the easiest form, like adjust for optical illusions. But also, if you're if you're thinking about whatever brain issues or something, um or cognitive issues, you can see the optical illusions there too. Yeah. You
2: can see cognitive biases, I think is more like, the, the metaphor that he's using is the sort of the camera that is just sort of recording what's in front of it versus the camera that knows it's a camera and it knows like, okay, I have this lens, I could see this far. Yeah. Uh, but hey, like-
0: He a camera cannot take pictures of its own lens. But yeah. We are aware of our lens. We can see the thing that we're seeing the world we with. We can take an MRI. <laughs> uh, well, well yeah, not we- just that, but we're like, we're aware of our own thought processes.
2: Yeah, but it's sort of like, I guess, like, sees its flaws. I I like that as a metaphor because it's like, well, imagine, I don't know, you have a lens that's cracked and you don't know, or not cracked, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can sort of, first of all, know if, like, huh, like, I need glasses, you know? Because, like, you can compare your own experience with someone else's and be like, oh, everybody else can see the chalkboard, but I can't. But, like, you could also see the flaws in your reasoning, as well as, like, you you know, the physical flaws, but also the, the... the fact that like you can yeah we... it's like the the study with the gorilla
0: <laughs> uh there's a lot of those so you got to be more specific the, the
2: one where it was um you're supposed to there's some basketball players and like it, the oh, yeah. study tells you to like count how many times they pass the ball back and forth and you're, you're counting that and then like there's a dude in a gorilla suit walks by and like beats his chest like a gorilla and then walks away but the people that are that are doing this for the first time. uh, Just don't even see the gorilla. Like, you know, they get to the end, they show it to a class. I think it's a standard thing. They're like, okay, how many of you saw the gorilla? And they're like, what?
1: (laughs) I got to be in one of these, like as it was done live, having not known about the experiment first, not live, it was a video. I got to see the video of it. Mm -hmm. And at the end, the teacher asks, all right, how many, how many balls or how many times did they throw the ball? Mm -hmm. You know, raise your hand if you think it was 17 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And how many of you saw the gorilla? It's like... I, I don't know if any hands went up but it's like what do you mean and then they they play the video again and everybody's and they, like what the fuck and no you just like, put that in there that's t- <laughs> they're just like don't count the balls this time and then you watch the gorilla come out and it's like how the hell did I miss <laughs> you yeah. walked between them <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: yeah it's not subtle it's it's great because it I, I love every ta- like new time I see this because it's really fun to be in the group of people like sitting next to the person who's watching the same thing as you but it doesn't see the gorilla <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: There's another great version of this if you do, if you google or if you YouTube uh Richard Weissman color changing card trick And I won't spoil the surprise in that one, but it's another sort of attention
0: thing there. I saw that one as well. Yeah. I think it was the same time I saw the gorilla video. I was going through a kick of these sort of things. (laughs) And you're just like, I'm fucking blind. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, the craziest one is when they swap out the person that someone is talking to. Yeah. Like, they they have people carrying a big piece of plywood or something interrupt the two people. And so it blocks the line of sight for a second. And they have the person that they were talking with swapped out with someone else. (laughs) Like, a totally different person. Different height. Different clothes. And the person like doesn't really notice. They just yeah. keep going. So I that's... was helping
1: this person with directions. This person's still asking for directions. That's all I need to know. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, I, I heard that the brain caches a lot of information in the environment because you don't need to keep track of the person you're talking to because that's that's information that's there in the environment. It's not going to change. Yeah, you put <laughs> a lot of your processing <laughs> yeah.
2: power into whatever, like you know, okay, what am I going to say next? And respond. Oh, that's a good question. Let me think about that. Like,
0: how do you get to the supermarket?
2: Yeah, like you know when you uh have like artwork in your house or something and like you you just get to the point where like you don't see it anymore mm. or like you know when you've sort of memorized the floor plan of your house so you can get up in the middle of the night and it's pitch dark and like you're like i know where the bathroom is i'm gonna go get the fridge get a snack but if it, you were in a hotel you'd be totally like lost yeah so uh yeah we do like store a lot of things have a lot of heuristics built in and that's cool that we can know that and correct for it yeah. sometimes uh
0: he said, since, "Since we are aware of the flaws in our lens, we can correct for those using second-order thinking." And here, everybody, is the secret of deliberate rationality. This whole process is not magic, and you can
1: understand it. You can <laughs> understand how you sh- how you see your shoelaces. You can think about the sort of thought- thinking processes which create beliefs that, or which, ah, I ruined it. You're going, you're going really well there. <laughs> which sort of thinking processes will create beliefs which mirror reality, and which thinking processes will not? mice can see but they cannot understand seeing you can understand seeing and because of that you can do things that mice cannot do take a moment to marvel at this for it is indeed marvelous yeah
0: it's (laughs) it's awesome and like this post to me it sums up what the whole point of this bayesian rationality thing is it's to be able to not only see your own flaws but correct them as well and that is i mean the name of the site is less wrong right that's that's kind of the whole point this is like the post i would point people to to explain what we're trying to do if i could
1: this is the point this is the post that i have pointed people to to explain what we're doing oh cool (laughs) and like the main thing that's you know because every everyone and their friend has a you know self-help thing that they've heard about right or like this will make your life better in five easy steps and all of them are like you know just trust this process or you know some of them have whatever empirical stuff behind it but like very little of it is and you can understand everything along the way if you put in the homework And it's not like, we don't charge you for the homework, right? This isn't a, you know, you get to level six by giving us (laughs) (laughs) $16,000. This is um, an understandable process that people can actually do.
2: Um, It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there was this bit about where he says, one time I went to EFNet's uh, hashtag philosophy chat room to ask, do you believe a nuclear war will occur in the next 20 years? If no, why not? One person answered And said he didn't expect a nuclear war for a hundred years because all the players involved in decisions regarding nuclear war are not interested right now. Hmm. But why extend that for a hundred years? Pure hope. (laughs) (laughs) Reflecting on the whole thought process, we can see why the thought of nuclear war makes the person unhappy. And we can see how his brain therefore rejects the belief. But if you imagine a billion worlds, Everett branches or Tegmark duplicates, this thought process will not systematically correlate optimists to branches in which no nuclear war occurs to ask which beliefs make you happy is to turn inward not outward it tells you something about yourself but it's not evidence entangled with the environment and the the last couple of uh, sequences we did had to talk about this idea of entanglement with reality i like mm-hmm. i like that a lot um i have nothing against happiness but it should follow from your picture of the world rather than tampering with the mental paintbrushes and so that's another example of like not just you know sort of seeing the flaws in terms of the, these physical things but also you can see like where your thought processes can be altered by things like emotions about the thing i mean if everybody had the mental process of oh man nuclear war sure is scary to think about so let's not do that so we're we're probably not going to have another nuclear war for a long time that like you know you want to be able to that's another like point in favor of truth seeking and rationality in my opinion i've always been i don't know i remember like there was I was in like a philosophy class or it was a a literature class in college and I remember there's this thing that came up about I think it was it was like vaguely related to the book we were reading but the teacher started talking about like my my religious grandmother you know I'm not gonna like go to her deathbed and like tell her that I'm an atheist because like that would you know what would the point of that be and I'm just like that's why you got to tell her now I was kind of like but like I I feel like I value the truth and I had to like, I don't know, like like explain to the class then what because we started having this debate about that like well why would you you know disillusion people from their beliefs if it makes them happy and i was like but mm-hmm. like but like what if what if you need to know the truth so you can like fix something you know like the delusion about oh like it's a better example i think steven the thing you've talked about before about suspecting you have a cancer and then being like that sucks to think about i'm just gonna be like nah i don't i don't think that there's <laughs> like actually
1: a good example of this uh my wife and I got, or we went and donated blood last week, and uh, she was sick like a month ago, or more, I have no idea, time is fuzzy now, sometime I think in October, for like a couple of days, and because she works around people in the medical industry that have COVID all the time, it was a very reasonable guess that that's what it was, even though presented like non-typically, um, so she thought, hey, maybe I had it, and I was like, well, that'd you know, that be awesome if you had it, then you've got the antibodies, and you don't have to worry about it anymore, how fucking awesome would that be? Um, and so, like... We could have just operated under that nice, happy thought, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, what you can do when you donate blood in today's day and age is you can ask them, or you can go to the whatever web portal when they upload your results, give you your blood type, which which she also didn't know. We have the same blood type, which is cool. Um, But she also doesn't have COVID antibodies. And so, like, that sucks. And yet, that we're already living in a world where she didn't have them. Now we just know that, and we're actually better off, right? Yeah. Um, So it is... uh, it's a bummer to be disenfranchised. If there's something you can do about it, you know, if you're gonna go for the hyper-constrained deathbed thing, where they've got 30 minutes left, are you gonna try and talk them out of their religion? I probably wouldn't I waste think my now breath Now I that. would have also
2: agreed with that, but at the time that was when I was like, me, me too. I in, went through the exa- in the new atheism. I went through the exact same like, phase.
1: Yeah, I, I moved. I moved away from that when realizing that. Yeah, okay. If we're gonna paint it that constrained, sure. If they've got five years left and getting, getting them, you know, persuading them to sign up for Chronics is a real option. I would actually think it worthwhile if they're like, no, no I'm going to go to heaven. It'll be fine. It's like, yeah, but what if you're not? Like, if there's time to have that conversation and have it go anywhere, I think that'd be valuable. But if there's literally not, then forget it. Right? Well,
0: can you just come out to her without trying to, you know, to deconvert her?
2: Like the yeah the, the um because the thought experiment or what, I don't know if it was a thought experiment, but like it was just about the the teacher like telling her grandmother, actually, I'm I've like deconverted. I'm an atheist.
1: I don't think I'd bum oh. my I don't think I'd bum my dying relative out in their last thirty minutes. I would just well, no. steer the conversation to I don't know, But shit.
2: like the There's thing that I said though to is... do in the
0: last half hour of your life. Yeah,
2: I still don't know how I feel about this. Where like because that that gets into the subject we had about lying, which is sort of getting off topic of the thing. But like it's like I I sort of feel like I would prefer if this person's close to you that they like know uh, like true facts about who you are and what's going on with you
0: right i was gonna say if this is a grandma that you see you know for 30 minutes once a year at a holiday then whatever but like if this is someone you interact with a lot you got to be in the closet constantly around them and that's a huge stress and it's basically lying to them i just I, i don't like being in the closet in general about things especially if it's something that might you know come up and be important in some way
2: yeah, I, uh, another thing I sort of realized is that, like, I guess I, I I was, like, carrying around distress about not being out as trans to my parents, and I didn't really think about it that way, though, but, like, when I did, I realized I felt this, like, massive amount of relief, and then they felt distressed, and it was kind of like, so you transfer the distress <laughs> from you to them, and now it's their thing to deal with, and that's kind of how it should be, I think, and that's the only way you can kind of get rid of that stress or tension like each person has to work their way through it and that's one of those like hey it is how it is deal with it yeah (laughs) i guess i don't know i mean like this is going uh kind of out into left field uh i just wanted to point out that there was um two footnotes in this and i'm trying to scroll back up okay the one that was after uh he's talking about yeah imagine a billion worlds uh Everett branches, Tegmark duplicates, this thought process won't systematically correlate optimists to branches in which no nuclear war occurs. There's a, a footnote if you scroll down to the bottom. Some clever fellows bound to say, Ah, but since I have hope, I'll work a little harder at my job, <laughs> pump up the global economy, and thus help to prevent countries from sliding into the angry and hopeless state where nuclear war is a possibility. <laughs> so the two events are related after all. <laughs> At this point, we have to drag in Bayes' theorem and measure the relationship quantitatively. Your optimistic nature cannot have that large of an effect on the world. (laughs) It cannot, of itself, decrease the probability of nuclear war by 20%, or however much your optimistic nature shifted your beliefs. Shifting your beliefs by a large amount, due to an event that only slightly increases your chances of being right, will still mess up your mapping.
0: (laughs) Which I think takes us nicely into the next post.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: it, what's fun about it, and this will kind of lead us into the next post, is I remember a few months ago I was talking with somebody who kind of denied that it was possible to have, like, a Bayesian prior that wasn't given to you as, like, a six-sided die, your odds of getting one or one in six. Like, if it was anything more complicated than that, they're like, you're just making it up, and it doesn't mean anything. And yet, like, yes, you're making it up, and yet, just take the example of nuclear war, I don't know what the odds of nuclear war are in the next 20 years. I don't even have a guess. Mm-hmm. And yet, there are things that could make my estimate of it go up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we've got a month left of Trump, If he starts talking about how big his red button is again, like he (laughs) did when he first got into office, and, uh, I don't know, metaphorically waving his dick around, I don't know what my odds are, but my odds would go up,
0: right? Do you think your odds are gone up or down now that the uh, Israelis, allegedly the Israelis, uh, assassinated that Iranian nuclear scientist guy? Because, like, on the one hand, it's going to be harder for Iran to get nukes, but on the other hand, this could lead to war, which could possibly spiral into more things, you know more powers getting drawn into conflict which could lead to nucle- nukes being exchanged
2: i would ask the uh wisdom of crowds <laughs> is anybody betting on this on one of the big uh prediction market who's websites? betting on there
1: being a nuclear war in the next 20 <laughs> years like what do, you, what do you expect to make money on that
2: right. <laughs> i think that's one of those like you win you get to say i was right don't... and then you get incinerated
0: <laughs> yeah i don't even know if i would trust the wisdom of crowds on that i would be more interested in people who know a lot about the uh, well, apparently Middle East political situation yeah and i don't so. no there's
2: there's the whole thing where people um can outperform experts after certain critical mass is reached
1: did we talk about that in this show because i feel like we did probably that's or maybe we talked about it in discord one at of some those point key yeah uh,
0: i believe things. we may have done it during our episode on Met- Metaculus. is that the name of the website oh, the yeah. uh yeah
1: I thought this was a while ago I thought this was recently because uh, there was just a few months ago an episode of Skeptoid about wisdom of crowds okay sorry for anyone who's curious to that which is a lot of fun and it's twelve minutes
0: I mean I like I like the betting markets because the people who think they have more information will bet more money so they will be given more weight and also the people who are really wrong with their estimates eventually go broke <laughs> <laughs> and leave the yep. markets but if it was just like everybody betting I, I kind of feel the noise. I know the the idea is that the noise is random in all directions, so cancels itself out. But I'm not sure how how likely that actually is in practice. I think there is systematic bias to some things.
1: Totally. As far as this goes, I have no idea. I don't know anything about the politics over there to the to the granular level to know whether or not this will likely increase the increase the chance of war. My naive guess is that the less people who know how to make nukes, the less likely nuclear war is. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's probably too simplistic because you know they could be pissed off enough to steal or buy a nuke right um that said i i don't know i'm not losing sleep over it so also i didn't hear about it so maybe that's why i'm not losing sleep over it oh okay yeah It just happened yesterday
0: oh i think it was yesterday could have been the day before something else happened
1: yesterday that i heard about again today oh governor polis has uh covid right Uh, sorry (laughs) it's a bummer and it's 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 one of those things like uh uh the mayor of denver
0: uh freaking flying out to celebrate thanksgiving that really really irritates me you're supposed to as as a leader like set an example and show well, that you're willing to make sacrifices yeah, he as was, the leader as well
2: he was the one telling everybody stay over thanksgiving yeah yeah and then he flies out i'm later, like later fuck you dude yeah. <laughs> it doesn't apply
0: to me I really hope he gets COVID.
1: so there's like i was talking to this with some people last week about uh like not getting your haircut as like kind of a signal of i'm very pro science and liberal and and uh care about COVID and stuff okay. and it definitely is a signal of that, assuming you were getting haircuts before right right um like but it's that's not to say it's merely a signal like everything that's the thing is you know if you say, oh, that's signaling, people assume that you just mean like that's just a signal, but like I was thinking, and I didn't put it this way to the people I was talking with because I was time constrained and I didn't think of it this way, but like there's no way that like uh um what's his name Seth Meyer or Stephen Colbert can't safely get a haircut right now, right, yeah. I mean, it's that we're we're most of a year into this, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure if they wanted to, they could carefully get a haircut.
0: Oh, have they been growing their hair up?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. And so, because it's a nice it's a nice uh, signal of like I'm Solidarity. taking it very careful, mm-hmm. and like that said, that's good. We need those people. Um, it's just like uh, that's just, I don't know why that came to my mind because we're oh we were talking about Governor Polis and stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, updating on priors is kind of the next information or the next uh, post here. And so how much evidence does it take? And it runs through a, a, the chief example it uses is a lottery example where the odds of winning are, watch me fuck this up, Mm -hmm. one in 131,115,985. Hey, I did it. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to say that every time because I think that number
0: is used maybe 15 times in this post. Why? Um, Because you said in the podcast, they read it out the entire, in its entirety every time.
2: Yeah. Just just say the big number <laughs> when it comes up.
0: I mean, I would I would probably read it out the first time, but after that you could just yeah, shorten could... it to 1 in 131 million. Well, one oh, but that's not the big but, number but the math gets much more granular than that. Uh-huh.
1: So, yeah. In yeah. any case, Stupid uh math. the 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 gist is like um how so if I buy a ticket, what are the odds of me winning? It's 1 in 100 something million, right? Uh but so how much information would I need to know that I've got a winning ticket here? And so it 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 gives I I, I don't know. This is one of the ones where I wouldn't praise it for like Ramity. word count to uh, information <laughs> delivery. Um, it, it makes a, it makes an important point though. It just does it in a way that I think because Yudkowsky is a mathematician that he really appreciates that I.
2: He's uh, showing his work in this one, which uh, right. I think there's a like nice ratio, I guess, in the sequences of well, yeah, most most of them I think do tend towards the like um, layperson friendly, brief, uh, intuitive uh, format. There's a few where he does start throwing math at you i think those are good to have in there too because it's you know the whole idea. like here like here's here's the thing i'm trying to say and then here's the proof i guess
1: right and that's valuable to have so it's not just all you know air right but i like it it kind of sums up at the end here it says in general the rules for weighing how much evidence it takes follow a similar pattern the larger the space of possibilities in which the hypothesis lies or or the more unlikely the hypothesis seems a priori compared to its neighbors the more confident you wish to be Or the more confident you wish to be, the more evidence you need. Um, And, like, simplistically, big claims require lots of
2: evidence. Mm -hmm. Or Um, uh, to win the lottery, you need evidence selective enough to visibly favor one combination over the big number alternatives.
1: Right. (laughs) And so, like, (laughs) <laughs> of course you can still believe on, in- on inadequate evidence if that's your whim but you'll not be able to believe accurately it's like trying to drive your car without fuel because you don't believe in the fuddy-duddy concept that it ought to take fuel to go places wouldn't it be so much more fun and so much less expensive if we just decided to repeal the law that cars needed fuel well you can try you can even shut your eyes and pretend the car is moving but to really arrive at accurate beliefs re- requires evidence fuel and the further you want to go the more fuel you need Yeah. that's my kind of analogy
2: yeah I uh, was always more a fan of the one where it's like, I don't know, people that talk about sort of having, what is that word, like post, post postmodern people that are just like, well, you know, we can't really know anything. Oh my god. i like, okay,
0: um, I mean like... Are you talking, thinking um, post-modernism in general or, or solipsism
2: specifically? Um, I'm not exactly sure the, what the distinction is.
0: solipsism is the uh belief that actually you cannot prove anything except for the fact that you are conscious like literally everything else could be a dream or you could be the matrix there might not be other people everyone else may be zombies that say that they you know have thoughts but they don't really it's like solipsism is just the complete denial of reality and i i just refuse to have conversations with
2: people like that because there's
0: there's literally nothing you can say to someone like that yeah well i was
2: gonna say you could go jump off a cliff <laughs> and i th- I guarantee that gravity will do its thing every time
0: i mean they will certainly think that they have fallen and broken their legs and or died but uh the point being the people who like you know the, you're still you're still
2: walking anyway. around like making choices based on evidence yeah
0: <laughs> because like that's yeah that's the thing that really annoys me about them yeah. that's how life works
1: it's like you don't you don't go to the store just by closing your eyes and wishing you take the route that you took you know similar to the one you took last time or whatever you have to make a detour but the point is you know where the store is you know where your house is Mm -hmm. you take turns in such a way that will reliably get you there you don't just like you know roll a die at, or you know flip a coin at every every at every intersection because it doesn't matter which way you go yeah. like their their entire lives operate on logic and consistency of, of reality and then for certain things usually religious exceptions they pretend yeah. like oh no i don't actually run that way it's like you definitely definitely do
2: yeah mm-hmm. but like you only get to be like woo woo about the things that you can't prove with evidence yeah. right <laughs> like that kind of like that uh uh, they're getting off topic again, but I was just going to, like, talk about how the the world that, like, religion gets to encompass is shrinking, like, more and more, mm-hmm. the more that we, uh, learn via science. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, was there more about, was there more in here?
0: I think that was basically it. You definitely need, it's um, very long. evidence fuel to arrive at accurate beliefs.
2: Yeah. Uh, I guess it's not this one, too, but I was scrolling to the bottom to see. I remember there was, when I was, like, first... I had um, gotten into me- methods of rationality and then I started reading the sequences, just like the-, the ones that sort of linked to it or correlated, but I remember one, it apparently wasn't this post, but like they are talking about uh, Bayesian probability and making predictions based on it. And somebody in the comments or like someone that was new, is like, well, where are you getting your priors? And he's like, well, they sell them at Kmart or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> just remember that like, for some reason that cracked me up and stuck in my head like for a while and i don't know where i read that all right
0: uh, anyway are we done with the the sequences then
2: yes i
1: was just trying to find uh you mentioned something about the the shrinking scope of what like people get from their religion slash bible there was a thread yesterday on ask reddit what is your favorite sex scene in the bible (laughs) (laughs) and uh someone (laughs) i just liked how like they, they get into describing what this was and someone just put like in that kind of uh i think they call it um sponge casing where it goes up and down okay and it's like judeo-christian values and it's uh and it sounds like it's being mean but it was talking about uh well it's it's a it was the top response on that thread and you're welcome to google it but uh well all right what was your favorite section in the bible that one where the two sisters get their dad drunk their mother is still salty about it oh so i just, just
2: got the because it's lots wife yeah, yeah. <laughs> god damn it <laughs>
0: I like I like those things. The, the the like the bad movie summaries are the same kind of thing where yeah it subverts the way you remember the story but uh, it's accurate.
1: Yeah, there was that one. What was Lord of the Rings like? Two short people go throw a piece of jewelry into like into a volcano or something.
0: <laughs> I liked. Uh, my favorite one was the the. I think this may have been the first one that kicked it off. The Wizard of Oz one. Um, a girl arrives in a strange land, kills the first person she sees, then teams <laughs> up with three strangers to kill again. <laughs>
2: uh there, there was this like similar thing where it was the explain your job badly challenge yeah uh, i'm trying to look for some examples it's good to find good
0: ones because like people will link that on facebook and then everyone tries to explain yeah, their own bad, job like, badly I'm, I'm looking but at they don't now, do I'm it like, very well oh, these are funny yeah you gotta find an actual like comedian good good
2: smart thinking brain person
0: <laughs> we try to make the brains work and we put them on air
2: <laughs> i like this one Badly explain your job. I put different mixtures of liquids and and give them to people. They give me money when my drinks make them feel funny. <laughs> that's, that one's pretty good.
0: See, and then, you know, they mean bartender, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Our posts for next episode are going to be Einstein's Arrogance and Occam's Racer.
2: Yay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Occam's Racer.
0: Yes. I mean. Two, two posts in a row that have a, a person's name and then a noun after it. <laughs> yep okay shall we go on to our yeah. main topic for today yeah. yes and our main topic for today was jace's idea
2: career hacking i like kind of didn't want to call it career hacking but now okay. i kind of i don't know i feel like it's it's one of those like catchy things that explains so it is
0: it is career hacking or it is not career hacking
2: yeah let's let's call it career hacking i just i don't know i, I get a little bit like cringe cringe reaction <laughs> about calling the word things hacking, hacking. Yeah. but like it's memorable. Jinx. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we haven't really talked about careers, jobs. And I kind of, like, wasn't sure going into it this time where I was, I was, like, a lot more excited about it when I was, like, actively uh, doing cool job stuff. And, like, 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 right now I'm just unemployed and I'm uh, doing a coding boot camp, though. So. Was that started already? Yeah. Hell yes. Um, but, like, kind of want to talk about it and see if I could get excited, re-excited about it <laughs> or maybe get some other people excited all right well, i wanted to talk off. about sort of alternative like alternatives to the like classic sort of patterns people have about getting jobs mm. um, and just sort of the idea of like rationalists and careers in general i'm also curious
1: what the average career like the average path that people take is to get job that people take to get jobs is because that was part of what kept me from finding a real job for mm. four years after graduating college was like or however many years it was um, i had no idea what people did to get real jobs so like,
0: Tell tell us about your experience. You graduated college and then,
1: uh, my then girlfriend was already driving to and from Denver. I went to CSU, and so she was driving to and from for her job. Actually, this is a great story on her part too. Um, undergrad in social work at at CSU, master's of social work at Columbia University, and an advanced standing program that took ten months. She comes back with a master's degree from an Ivy League school. Took her ten months to find a job, and mainly that's because everywhere within. Uh, I don't know, 30 miles of Fort Collins is saturated, like every entry-level job is saturated by interns and people who are going to school for the undergrad stuff. Okay. And someone wants to hire anybody who seems like uh, over-educated, but, you know, for an entry-level position. Yeah. Yeah. So she ended up finally getting a job in Denver, was driving round-trip uh, for six weeks. I graduated on a Saturday. We moved that Monday, which was awesome. So she had like a 90-minute drive to work and her five-minute drive home that day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and... What did I do? I floated for a few weeks, got a job as a teller for six months that I hated. I remember how
2: much you despised that. And this was after you graduated? Yeah. Uh what was your major? Uh
1: psychology. Right. Wouldn't recommend it if you're not doing anything more with your degree. I got into it initially with this like, I don't know, long term long term ish plan and realized two months in that was never gonna do anything. So I was like, Well, I might I'm I'm might as well finish because what are you doing with your life, Stephen? Oh, I'm in school is a much better answer than nothing. Right. Um, so, and that was actually the majority of the reason I went to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, feel like... I got an I got an associate's degree uh, for cheap because I went to a community college. And then after that, I wasn't doing anything. So yeah, the it was ser- seriously bumping into somebody I knew from high school. And they're like, oh, I thought you'd be doing something like more exciting. And I'm like, that's a good point.
0: I need to <laughs> pretend like I'm
1: doing something. And so I'm back to school.
0: I get the feeling that's... A lot of people kind of I mean that's how why I ended up in college too. It's just like this is what everyone's supposed to do, right yeah, and I, I like that is the opposite of hacking when you are just <laughs> doing the exact same thing everyone else is doing because you're supposed to and you don't actually have any sort of plan, yeah,
1: I well, totally like, agree,
2: yeah, there isn't really i mean I think that i'm I'm glad to see that I think it is becoming a lot more like people are becoming more aware of the fact that the standard idea of you know you go to school, you go to college, then you get a job and then you lo- get promotions and eventually you retire uh at the same company with your you know
0: oh god that hasn't been a thing since the 50s yeah Yeah, that's how our i mean
1: that's i mean that's kind of how maybe our parents generation did it Mm. yeah like my dad has been at his job for 40 years and like i think that that's what people think of now and that's just not how jobs work anymore I think across most industries, my industry is particularly weird. There, where like if you've been there two years, you're like, "Oh
2: my god, you've been here for ages." (laughs) But a lot of jobs are getting to be like that. Where, uh, I mean, one of the things you brought up is that it is more profitable for companies to hire, or not even hire. Maybe they're not even paying them, but to have a bunch of interns rather than you know having to hire some employees. Yeah, based on. uh, No, go ahead. Based on
0: Rachel's experience, like it seems like it is better to. Uh, have the experience working for a company than to have a degree right probably it depends
1: um, it depends i think that the degree the degree got her through the door and probably kept bigger doors open for further job jumps mm-hmm. but she's been at four or five places since 2014 right um so like she's she's With doing she's moving at a like, rate like I'm moving
0: at the like, people that were interning had a much easier job getting in oh even of course though they didn't have ivy league I, master's I, degrees yeah
1: I bet I mean she had no trouble getting um Work study experience, although I think the school helps set that up. Okay. Um, but they might even just say go find an internship, and she had two of those across her education. So yeah. like, if you're willing to work for free or next to free, people will are happy to open the door for you. But that sucks. But it, but yeah, if you want to pay your rent off off what you're making uh, to do very important work, then yeah, people are much less inclined to open the door for you. But just to finish off my career thing, I can skip a couple years because it was just random jobs. And then um, a friend asked me like, why aren't you a programmer? And I said, well, I don't think I can that? Isn't that the kind of weird magic knowledge you need to be like coding your own game since you're in diapers to do? Yeah. And he's like, hell no. And he sent me a book that I've talked about before called Automate the Boring Stuff, which isn't like the best Python introduction that I've come across, but it is a great like introduction to programming if you have no idea what anything is. And you're like, oh, like I mean, I can show anybody a simple Python function and it reads like English. And I'm okay. like, oh, you're not writing in machine code like I've seen in the movies. This no. doesn't look like Matrix code. You're, you're writing basically words mm-hmm. and like, this is, so it it's really, it was this, this <laughs> light switch moment for me that like, oh, this is learnable by any adult who wants to put in some effort. Like this, this isn't some arcane magic knowledge. And, uh, the only thing that's remotely career hacking there is that at the time of considering, all right, well now I want to do this. Um, do I want to go to a university and go back to school? Probably spend at least two years. Cause I've already got all my, you know, uh, what do you call them? Poor credits or something out of the way mm-hmm. um, or do I want to do this faster and more cost effectively and uh, I mean when you put it that way the answer was obvious so I did a boot camp instead um, it was also the majority opinion across the programmers that I knew that I asked um, the there's always trade-offs right so like on the plus side uh, I was able to concentrate I think about three years worth of hours that you would get at a school into 19 weeks because um, it was 10 hours or yeah about nine hours a day, five days a week, um, rather than, I mean, how many hours do you do if you're doing 18 credits? It's like 12.
0: It's hard to say, because you have, you know, the, what, two classes a week at two to three hours per class for the lecture, but then they give you so much fucking homework.
1: Right, but this also had homework stuff in it, too. Like, yeah, this yeah. was a full-time commitment that was 50-something hours a week. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah it, there, there's a trade-off but like if i'm going to be just doing homework for 30 you know two thirds of the time why am i paying a, a university fifteen thousand dollars a semester to do it you're paying so, for the name right so fuck that i paid a boot camp fifteen thousand dollars to do it in 19 weeks and uh the other main perk there was that um like your let's see i talked about the contact hours i guess the cost was way less too um the main downside is that it was a, intensely full-time and so like holding down another job at the same time would have been impossible, Right. not merely hard. Um, if you had another job, there was no way to make, you could make this particular program work. Yeah. There are tons of boot camps that are part-time. Um, you but, need
0: enough money to live for 19 weeks on right. your savings or have like parents or someone be able to house and feed you for that time.
1: Yeah, I borrowed money. And uh, the other thing with that is, I mean, a lot of them will do lending and stuff too. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, taking out a loan would be a drag and it's scary, but the cool thing is that at the end of it, you know, for me i was able are to
2: cheaper than like a college degree though yeah yes. you're taking
1: out a loan for a college degree too that's true and lo- but i think the, like the loan the track to getting a loan there is more intuitive for people because mm-hmm. that that road is laid out with giant signs over it to yeah. for so everyone can find it please
0: take it take it alone with us it's so weird that the student loan feels different from just a regular loan that you would get for a boot camp like, it's, this This isn't a real debt, you know? It's a student loan. Everyone
1: gets this one. Is, yeah. Isn't it insane to think about? It's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm taking out $60,000 in debt. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's doing that. And, <laughs> That's uh, what you do. Yeah. Right. And, you know, sure, this is the only kind of debt that won't be absolved if I, say, I don't know, go lose bankrupt. my house and go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, but in any case, all that nonsense aside, uh, like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember exact numbers, but... Without exact numbers, the point is that I'm making about exactly twice as much uh, when I got my first job out of boot camp than I was at my job before boot camp. And so, like, paying off that money was super easy, barely an inconvenience, <laughs> because I was subsisting previously on half that amount of money. Yeah. And so now that I had twice that amount, paying that back was was quick and easy.
0: Yeah, you still had, I mean, you, you had all the money you had before to live off of, plus all this extra money now. It's like you had two Stevens working, yeah. but only the expenses of one Steven. Exactly.
1: Um, so that was my... I mean, it was hardly like a an original track to make my own kind of, you know, to car- carve up my own path because this was an existing program and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it, it it was off the beaten path of like, I don't know, anything our parents would have done. Right. Um, and I think that this is going to be more and more the way of the future, especially when I learned that Jace did one for um, Oh, clinical research, clinical research. I, I knew it was I was going to say uh, clinic or like, I don't know, medical data or something. I knew I had it wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, the fact I, that there's boot camps for clinical research tell me that there's probably these things for all kinds of careers
2: i mean i think and that you, there aren't actually like well there I, will be I in 10 years, years i would, I would be
1: really out. happy if there were um i bet in 10 years there'll be these things for everything just because it feels like, like
0: the university system is kind of breaking down
1: yeah because why would i pay sixty thousand dollars to learn how to work on cars if i have to also spend uh thirty thousand dollars reading a bunch of books i don't want to read and uh i don't know i'm trying to think about the other pointless classes i took um I don't know, all this random <laughs> bullshit, right? Why do I need to take three English classes if I'm going to be working on cars? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just go somewhere and learn how to work on cars? Like, that's what I want to do.
2: Um, uh, and if you go, like, get a job as a mechanic, a lot of places have uh, entry-level jobs with paid training. Yeah.
1: See? So, I mean, I think that that sort of option will open up for lots of career paths. I mean, I think that they do things like this. Uh, I mean, I think trades are already kind of maybe in that
2: uh Yeah, trades the domain. are more like that, but they're also kind of opaque in the sense that, like, I remember when I was a kid, I kind of occasionally would think about oh, maybe like, what do you what do you do to get into trades? Do you go to uh, like technical school? Uh, do you have to know somebody? <laughs> like, dude, how do you become an apprentice? I, I had no idea. I was like, it would have been, you know, I, I've always sort of I think been attracted to, the, to some of the craft someone. skills, but yeah, like I, you know, um, it's because I was assigned female. My dad didn't want to take me on as a carpentry apprentice. Really. What a douchebag! It was kind of douchey. I don't know. It's, I I have issues about that. I keep thinking about going into carpentry just to like piss him off, or not piss him <laughs> off, to get back at him or something. I don't know. It's yeah. it's like a, a sort of a petty thing because there's this big it's... billboard by my right by my apartment that I pass all the time. That's like Home Builders School. Like oh it was, and I, I think it was one of those like paid training. Like come come learn to become a to build homes with our company. And I just like keep looking at it and I'm like, no, not yet. Maybe could, someday. You could do
1: that, or you could just go to, like, one of those woodworking shops where you pay for, like, a monthly membership and get really good at making, like, intricate, ornate tables. And, like, <laughs> so like sometime he'll come over for whatever Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, and it will be, like, the most decadent-looking, like, piece of furniture he's ever seen. And be like, oh, yeah, I made that. Yeah. And just, like, just flex the, the awesome table. <laughs> and that way you don't have to make a whole well, job out of
2: it. And my dad knows like, I could do woodworking because I did it with him when I was a kid. I, like... Um...
1: But does he know that you can do woodworking better than him? Hmm. That, that's the real win. <laughs>
2: well, that's also that's
0: also more of creating art than it is, you know, regular carpentry labor. Yeah, but yeah. If you eat off of it. You've also made something. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if we all want to just go down the line and tell our career histories. Yeah. Sure. Uh,
0: well, uh, you started this, so you go now. Okay. Um...
1: I feel like each would be shorter. <laughs> I if I if I might just make a motion to guide this a little bit i think you should go in Yash the and then yeah. Jace, you can go because then you're going to jump off into all the cool ways to do stuff oh yeah that's true and that way we went off to ping pong plus i think yours will be Joy-ish. very short yeah
0: okay <laughs> um yeah like so i'm not even sure how applicable mine is anymore since i entered the job market in the year 2000
2: oh my gosh yeah i know um oh wait i did too because i started working at 14
0: wait you started working at 20 well, uh, I guess it was you, 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 you
1: entered your career at
0: 20. You were working yeah. probably before that. Oh, before yeah. Well, yes. Stuff. I've yeah. been working oh, okay. for many years, but that was when I dropped out of college and actually needed to get a job to pay for my own rent. I, I don't count anything like anything before you have to pay for your own shelter and food doesn't really count yet in my opinion uh, i did pizza
1: I part-time mine. through college and paid for my shelter and food through that on like three days a week it was great okay because i lived in the second cheapest apartment complex in the, in the city so
3: nice
0: and it showed <laughs> <laughs> wasn't couldn't have been like that bad though if you were willing to live there in terms of like crime and shit I mean, yeah, it was, it was livable. Okay. Yeah, that's why I chose the second cheapest one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like if I think about the cheapest place in Denver, I'm like, I would probably get stabbed there and I don't know if I want to live there. I think I'm in yeah. one
2: of the cheapest places in Denver. You're not going to get stabbed there though. It's like all Vietnamese. Oh, okay. What's your rent? If you don't mind. Um, it's like, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you after because okay. it's I, terrible. I have to, I would have to look it up.
0: but yeah i think there's just a drastic change in how you understand the world once you're responsible for your own continued survival but no um i yeah joined the workforce just a little bit before i turned 20 and uh i like i said i dropped out of college
2: what were you uh studying computer? computer science Oh, okay. because
0: back then there wasn't real boot camps or anything if yeah. you got a if you wanted to go into programming you either started you your own a
2: computer science course yeah. right like it wasn't even like you could take javascript class like you had to like okay well the first computer was this and you know here's <laughs> yeah. like computing theory uh the yeah. yeah. test they questions are you... like
1: when was alan turing born and everything.
2: no no it's, they it's... didn't bother with yeah. like the history of that okay. stuff
0: but it was like computing theory and how you know the, the theory behind various algorithms and stuff that i didn't get too much stuff into because was like, like i said i dropped out okay <laughs> yeah. uh it, it it was definitely interesting though like it got into deep yeah. level shit i
2: was gonna say like it's cool stuff to know but i think it's mm-hmm. not things that like should be a prerequisite for entering the career if you're gonna right. be like doing css it's like you don't need to know you know about the life of Alan Turing. it's not applicable
1: or even just like the you know how early uh, card computers yeah (laughs) like i mean knowing how to like to design a register machine and see sounds super valuable
2: well like
0: literally one of my classes was about the various uh search algorithms and the theory behind which ones were more effective for what kind of searches and why
2: yeah okay yeah so that's like more applicable to your actual life as a if you're a going to be a programmer almost
1: today <laughs> okay. you would just google like hey yeah. this is the kind of data i'm looking to try and grab right, right. And, and you would find the optimal solution on your second click on stack overflow yeah. and so
0: like and this was like if you want to sort your database uh here's your various options and here's the theory behind why you want to use these options for larger databases and yeah there's... and to,
1: to be clear that sort of knowledge is what separates like seniors from entry-level people okay and and so when you come out of a boot camp unless your boot camp has like a specific section for that mm-hmm. you tend to that uh, i should have mentioned this if you're curious for computer science um, some breakdown I saw years ago showed that bootcamp grads came out; they tend to be tended to be stronger in like their ability to build applications right away, um, like to sit down at their desk and start coding on day on week one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're weaker in algorithm design and data structures. So like sense. the the sort of stuff that you know like I don't particularly know, even though I should at this point know exactly what's going on under the hood with like our giant Postgres monolith database that we have. Because um, I don't really need to. Um, but if I wanted to optimize it, like we had a, one of our seniors do this year, I definitely need to know what's going on there. Yeah. And so he was able to come in and clean up a bunch of shit and, and save us actually many thousands of dollars a month because now we require that much less computing power for it.
2: Nice. But uh, with the boot camp model, you could come out of your... Um boot camp and start coding immediately in your entry-level position and if you wanted to become a senior programmer you could learn that stuff later that's what i'm that, doing. that
0: kind of degree is overkill for most of the jobs that people actually want yeah to i think do.
2: a lot of jobs like you could skip college you don't need to have as much background knowledge in that like if you're gonna i guess like probably people that read less wrong that are listening to this podcast at least um are the kind of people that are gonna like learn that stuff anyway like Mm -hmm. if if you find a thing interesting and if you're motivated like uh, this is a group of people that at least like you know can read long things uh and absorb like complex ideas so yeah uh i would feel you know i guess i guess i could see from an employer's perspective that are like yeah i want my employees to have a degree um like so they can have this like depth of knowledge uh yeah,
0: you're a lot more valuable to the employer yeah. but also that take takes a lot of time and money and so you're probably going to want more money as well which uh you know that's the point of the boot camps the employer can hire you for 60,000 instead of 90,000
2: yeah it's,
0: it can be beneficial um but yeah uh i dropped out and i went to work as a uh basically just a a kind of a secretary really i would uh, crunch some not even crunch numbers i would add up lists of uh numbers for someone else and put them into a database so i would file would call papers like a clerk?
2: yes okay. i was the desk clerk um i i wanted to so i think a know. secretary usually handles communications or, or something it's like uh, scheduling I, and stuff
0: i would sometimes man the phones when yeah. the the actual yeah front person was out i mean it was it was a, a small company and all, all the really low-level shit i would get to do was this like the accounting
2: job that you uh got to later or was this like this, a, this a was, car dealership or
0: yeah no okay this was a, a company that um mailed things out to people it basically if someone would say like hey we have these ten thousand people that we want to mail this thing can you do it for us and we were like sir yes sir we okay. will put these umbrellas into this weird package and <laughs> send them to your people for you cool yeah it, it was it, the the actual it was pretty much menial labor on the floor um Anyways, uh I, I started out there and basically I just was bright enough that uh when other things needed doing, my boss was like, "Hey, can you do this?" and I said, "Sure." And eventually a guy above me retired and my boss was <laughs> Wait,
2: you learned things on the job? You I didn't learned have to things go to college the for them? No,
0: I got I mean, I got paid basically shit like 9.25 yeah. an hour.
2: But like what what Stephen was saying, I mean, if you, you know, got your masters and probably wouldn't get your masters in shipping weird objects, but no. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to even get that entry-level job
0: yeah no and that that was the thing like i i knew i met i got to know the people on my job they knew me saw that i was you know enthusiastic and energetic and bright and i could do stuff really my my main piece of career hacking uh, advice would be whenever anyone asks you if you can do something you say yes and then you go and you <laughs> learn how to do it
2: <laughs> yeah or like a. I've done the thing of just asking, like, "Hey, you know, pretty on top of all my job duties now. Is there are, are there more things that it would be helpful, like, for me to learn? Yeah, more like, can I pick up more skills?
0: Yeah, that works too. I, I was not that ambitious. I actually, when they offered me the the job of the guy, I was like, let me think about it for a day because that's a bunch more work and responsibility, and I don't know if I want that. But eventually, I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And uh it you know, from there I took on some of his duties which included bookkeeping and accounting stuff. And so my next job oh, that's was how you got into that. huh. exactly. Went from there. But um yeah, the it, it really feels to me like being at a place and knowing people that work there is a huge big move. So getting into some place just getting in the door is is a great idea, even if it's a really low level thing uh pretty much every job that i found this this would be my other big piece of advice uh pretty much every job i found was from a uh temp agency or a placement agency i was gonna mention that which uh i was replacing someone who either had been fired or you know like wasn't paternal out. paternity
2: leave or something
0: yeah exactly and every single time that i was placed somewhere uh within the first week i was there the my boss was like oh my god you are so much better than the last person because oftentimes when you're getting hired from a temp or placement agency, it's because the person behind you sucked really hard had to be canned and they need someone on super short notice. They don't have time to go out and interview people. And so, uh, so my piece of advice is take over for someone who sucked at their job and you will look awesome.
1: I was going to mention temp agencies as a way to go too, cause it's, it's one of those that's like, I think off the beaten path. It was under, it was off my radar until I, until it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, and it paid, I don't know, three bucks more an hour than my previous job. Cool. And it's like, it was shit work. But like, if all I needed was money, it got what the job done. What job was that, Steven? I worked for four or six weeks or something at Otterbox, the phone case company. Mm. They would order all in the, uh, the components of the phone case from China. And then you would assemble them. in the order that they came in. And then you put them in the box with a little instruction insert. And it was an assembly line. Yeah. It was terrible. It yeah. was like 12-hour <laughs> shifts. That start, started at, I think it was, uh, I think it started at noon, and it usually ran until midnight or two in the morning. Wow. And yeah. it was it was like that. I remember it was I think 15 days with no days off and like you were supposed to be allowed to take days off if you wanted or whatever. And the but overtime was, was supposed to be optional, but it was, it was discouraged to the point where you just were let go. Cause it would find somebody who would be willing to stick around for those hours. Mm-hmm. But oh, they brought well, on like one
2: of those cases where it's like, Oh, you can take days off, but you have to like ask all your coworkers, could someone cover for me on this day? No, it was, it was
1: all 50. Like they brought in like 50 people at once okay. and it was everybody's first thing. And there was, you know, none of that stuff when you start a regular job where like the first week is like onboarding and here's the HR yeah. stuff. Cause you didn't get any of that. Oh, you okay. just came on and you, immediately started working but it was uh like the only perk of working the, that many hours was and the and for those like that shift was that i had no time to spend any of the money yeah. and like my check was about twice as big as it should have been because there was like 30 hours of overtime on it yeah. so yeah um yeah that that sucked i hated that job yeah. um that's right <laughs> on when my back started going all fucky too probably from oh. standing for 14 hours a day oh, you um, should go
2: see them for- well yeah
1: actually it was when i started compl- when i asked actually i got a couple days off because I went to the physical therapist and they said you need you need to rest. And the week I came back, I was like, Oh, so. oh shit! But they don't need a reason to let you go. They just said, right. "Oh, performance." I'm like, "Okay, great. Yeah. Fuck you guys, bye." <laughs> so yeah. I guess, yeah. Like, Caution it's IH's. really hard
0: yeah it's really hard to shine in those sort of mass production easily replaceable jobs. Oh yeah,
1: this one wasn't one where you could, where they were where they were staffing for a real job. i do I yeah. th- think that was... it is though.
2: Well maybe uh, sorry you're you're still talking.
1: Oh no, I, I this one there was no way to shine to grow. This wasn't that kind of job. This was a we just got in a gigantic order, you know, we 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 got a, a product order of some tens or hundreds of thousands of these we need to get done by the end of the summer. Yeah. Like so it wasn't like this was never going to be a job for people. Yeah,
2: but I was like, thinking about, uh, I have a friend who actually moved with me from New Jersey. And he got like, I, I uh, let's see. Um, My partner at the time went to the temp agency, I went to the boot camp. And uh, this kid was like, hey, you know, what? I, someone at the Walmart told me that basically, uh, they'll hire you on the spot if you go work at FedEx. And I was like, you sure you could go to the temp agent? Like I could help you look it." And he's just like, nah, uh, he, he paints. So he like uh, was selling his oil paintings for a few hundred bucks, but like just needed a job on the side. And so they start you out as like, just like a package handler and you like just unloading hundreds and hundreds of boxes from trucks and putting them on an assembly line. <laughs> and it was just like brainless work. But uh, just because the people doing that job were people that were just hired on the spot. Like they're a bunch of people who were just coming to work drunk drinking throughout the day Mm -hmm. smoking weed in their cars Mm -hmm. uh, doing harder drugs uh getting in like bar fights and like so like just by being a reliable normal human who would just show up to work and move the boxes my friend like was able to got promoted to being a scanner and then they got promoted to driving a forklift and like so they did manage to like work their way up the chain at that job just by like you know not being the (laughs) normal grade of person who would work at a throwaway job like that.
0: I mean, most jobs kind of suck. And so most people have crappy attitudes for them. And just, I mean, as someone who has now had to hire people to, you know, like help renovate houses and things like that, Just having someone show up when they said they're going to show up <laughs> and do the job is automatically a win in my You'd book. You'd be surprised. I'm like, nice. Yeah. I love that I can actually, know, I know someone who I can rely on to actually show up and do the thing. Because like, you know, you set aside the day. You're like, okay, this day the person's going to come in and put the carpet in for me or whatever. And then they don't show up and you're like, well, fuck. Now what do I do? So that, yeah, just being being reliable is good. And, you know... People like to work with people that they like to be around, which, you know, it, it's going to be much harder in the era of COVID to be around people, obviously, but that's not going to last that much longer. And just like, in general, being personable, not always being a grump. I don't know. I, I hate to I hate to give this sort of advice like, hey,
2: be nice and, you know, be, be nice to be around you. Lecture in younger but but if you really struggle
1: to get along with people, that is a that's skill you need hard. to work on. Yeah,
2: that and, I mean,
0: people aren't going to want to work with you unless they absolutely need you because of your skills which that's great if you have that but i mean just being personable is such a life hack for everything in life
2: generally
1: and being minimally personal personable for most people isn't that hard and like
2: win friends and influence people
1: yeah (laughs) exactly one book you need to
2: know about that and
1: and if it is hard like that is that is something that's worth putting some xp uh you know time into right like it's worth spending some points to figure out all right how do i
0: actually get along with people um you know, so much of human power is about groups of people working together and so being able to do social hacking is huge that's yeah once, that's a
2: different subject yeah we could right, we could do a social hacking one too that would probably be really um interesting. I, don't know I, I
1: don't know if i have much to offer there other than like just be nice to people it's almost of always free there. and it it gets you it can get you all the way plus it just feels good
0: i'm not um, sure like You absolutely are just really nice and awesome, and I love being around you, and I've been told by others that I'm fun to be around as well, so I don't think we would have much to offer because we naturally just like to be around people and like to be nice. We're
1: we already someone... awesome at being nice to people. We need to find an asshole. We need exactly. to find a reformed asshole yes. and ask them
2: what their path to success was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I mean, like, I don't think I was an asshole, but I was the autistic kid that couldn't make eye contact or speak above a whisper and didn't know how to do any social interactions. And I had to learn it all yeah. from, like, reading books and that, practice. That's actually valuable, error. though. Yeah. Like,
1: so would you would you, and this isn't supposed to be a leading question, even though it is, was that, was the effort and no doubt it was like a struggle to get through the beginning of that effort at the very least um was that worth the the time and energy to get there
2: yeah it's very much what anish was saying about it being sort of a life propeller like we are the social species and we need to do social things really to get ahead it's actually quite hard to be a hermit and to succeed i think in my industry once you get to the top
1: like once you're really good you can then afford to be a complete asshole because that, that then you're irreplaceable how it plays it's in out. your doctor house of <laughs> yes. computer science. Exactly. It's like, sure, you guys can fire me because I'm a dick and I don't come to work. But once you do and something breaks, you guys are fucked. Exactly. So, you know, when when I'm 60, if I feel like caring that little, I will. Mm-hmm. But for the next 30 or, or God, yeah, 30. That sounds about right. Um, I'll enjoy being nice and collaborating with my team. But
2: yeah, yeah just use that as your motivation. You know, put a smile <laughs> on your face, walk through the door, be nice. And then, like, just think about when you're old, you're going to get to <laughs> do all kinds of shit, apparently. Think, keep a list of people yeah. to get revenge on. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, when I was in that period before school, before starting a real career and just, like, you know, working at various kid jobs, uh, I changed jobs every year just because I was like, I mean, whatever, these are throwaway jobs anyway, so there's not really much point to me staying at the boardwalk disney store um I was like I'm going to become a model employee like especially when someone pissed me off in particular most of these jobs have some like you know asshole boss or it's a toxic environment but I was like I'm going to become the best fucking person here at selling Disney toys and then I'm going to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to give my 2 weeks notice and be gone and I'm going to time it for right when the season's about to pick up and then they're going to Oh damn they're going to beg me to stay and I'm going to leave
0: <laughs> and then they're going to get a temp they'll
2: well, look no, up and
1: please. beg for help and I'll get to whisper no <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah nice. that was part of like my motivation that kept me going through shitty high school jobs but anyway where i wasn't i'm not sure if you ever done your story
0: yeah uh, i guess the last thing i would say um so i i got lucky i managed to get on the job training and i got paid shit for years but you know i also didn't have any debt so that was fine um the the thing we were talking you know pooping on uh degrees earlier uh It has put a hard ceiling on how far I can advance. At this point, if I wanted to get uh, any higher, I would literally need to have a degree. Because they're like, we just cannot uh, promote you above this position. It would look too bad to, you know, the the people above us. It's a hard requirement. And um, that, you know, I personally don't give a fuck. I knew that would be an issue when about 10 years ago, they were offering me uh, college like, you know, we'll pay for 50, 60% of your college, go take night classes. I was like, no, I'm done with schooling. I am so over it. And, uh, I decided not to, and that is fine with my life goals for other people. They may want to jump on that if it's offered and other people in general may just want to keep in mind that, uh, you might have a hard ceiling like that as well. But I know that's not the case for all industries like, uh,
2: programming for example yeah programming is just sort of a lot of jobs are just prove you can code a thing yeah all right you're hired (laughs) they don't care where you went to school or whether you have a degree or if you're living in your mom's basement it's like can you do the job yeah all right (laughs) all right cool it does depend a bit on politics but it's like harder to test some careers like can can you social work social work at this person okay you're like you can't really (laughs) most (laughs) jobs
0: when you're not producing a product you're more like in the business side of things uh the how it looks to others is important the signaling is a big part of the game well and and that's where they want the degree to signal
1: yeah and i'm glad you mentioned social work i don't think that's the kind of thing you could boot camp um i think that so much of it is soft skills and uh like it's also a very variable career path even if you're doing kind of like a similar thing the whole time she's worked with this, basically the same population the elderly her whole career um, but her job requirements have been so diverse yeah that it's uh I don't know if you could crunch that into a 15 week program um so some things maybe like but also that's that's not so much of like the you know the kind of trade we were talking about right I think you I think it's possible to pick up electrician electrician work uh plumbing mechanics uh or mechanical engineering like you know cars or Uh, computer, uh, programming. I think you can pick all that up in 12, 15 weeks enough to get started. Right. Um, you know, to get in the door and not kill yourself or your coworkers. Um, if you're paying attention. Uh, I think I have a friend, I have a friend who's an electrical engineer. I don't, I don't think he went to school for it. He did some sort of outside of school program for it. Um,
2: yeah, I think a lot of, um, well, I don't know about electrical engineer, but like an electrician or a plumber, uh, they usually just apprentice. Maybe it was electrician. Like, I'm not and sure that's electrical about you engineer, know yes. knowing somebody like your your dad was a plumber or yeah your you know next door neighbor I needs know. needs and needs some help. There used to be trade schools. Are they not still trade schools? They are. I okay. feel like they. I do I think, know. I think I don't... the
1: friend I'm thinking of went to a trade school.
0: Yeah. No. Hmm.
1: But in any case, uh, yeah. I mean, trade schools are kind of like boot camps for the trades. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's why I raised them. I think that that's the point. Like, you know, if if you want to work on a particular thing, you should be able to just study that one thing. I, I, I get the idea if you're getting a liberal arts degree to have a very diverse and not necessarily focused core of curriculum mm-hmm. that you need to get out of the way just to expose you to everything right
2: right but it's a good I, idea to know like basic philosophy totally yeah, that's the but a liberal arts degree doesn't teach work.
1: you how to do anything that that's the point is like those core credits don't get oh, you yeah. anywhere they're there to make sure that school lasts four years yes. you now i
2: got a liberal arts degree and i like graduated basically like not really knowing how to do anything practical yeah. i need lots of theories right? <laughs> but it's like i mean i you know anyway uh, i'm getting ahead of ones. myself but uh, yeah that is me um I have other stuff I'll add later, but for now, let's yeah. go on to Jace. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to talk about your writing. Oh. Uh, or your podcasting. <laughs> I mean, uh So, okay, I, I,
0: I suppose I could. Um, neither of those pay enough to live off of. Uh, but, They're like what
2: you like doing, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, for those things, it's just a matter of, you know, this is a thing I like to do and I want to do. Uh So I'm going to do it. And then after I do it, I look up resources on how to... on on the online god i don't even know i guess back in the before times people had books yeah and libraries and stuff libraries were like the internet before electricity oh my gosh (laughs) no wonder people loved librarians and libraries so much but yeah if if i just did the thing and then i was like that that thing was kind of crappy let's see if i can learn how to do it better (laughs) and i would uh search on how to do it better uh for the writing specifically uh what really helped me is i found an in-person writing group here in denver that met once a month and we critiqued each other's stuff my first year there i learned so fucking much there were
2: critique groups for more things it would have yeah. been cool to have a like i have no idea how that would have worked like a clinical research critique group like it won't like, make you
0: a genius or anything but the things you learn the basic core stuff you learn in the first year is just it's hard
2: getting honest feedback from people yeah. uh i had a hard time with that with art like where people will be like, oh man, that that looks great. And you're like, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's might be something I could improve about. No, man, I can't even draw a stick figure. It's, it's awesome. Like, because people are so used to, I guess, like art being, well, it's like creative expression. So it could look like whatever you want. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. There's no rules. And I'm just like, no, there's good art and bad art. Like, yeah, there's, I mean,
0: there's the <laughs> problem that people, you know, don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. So they won't say bad things. And also just people who aren't doing art don't necessarily know what's good or what's bad yeah like, i couldn't join a critique group of regular people because well sorry of non-writers
2: yeah like if you're in like a dance critique group or something yeah like, like i oh, don't know what to say to anyone i don't know they're dancing <laughs> looks good to me <laughs> you're
0: not <laughs> casting spells very well mm-hmm. <laughs> do more finger flailing
2: yeah so I'm trying to think so you've had like I, what I did five a lot or six different careers, right? yeah um i i, I am Constantly,
0: when I hear what you've been doing with your life, I'm like, holy crap. Which is funny. Jace is like three
2: or four different people. I feel like I'm like,
0: yeah, no, I know. Because you did game design. You did house renovation. You did art. You did... Uh, soap making. Soap making. <laughs> you did this, chef. Uh,
2: bio research. Yeah. That's... So I'm, I've always had the problem of being a person with lots of interests. And probably, I think a lot of people in this community can relate to that. And... Um,
0: for anyone who doesn't know, Jace is uh, the person that created
2: our um, Basin Conspiracy logo. Hell yeah. Which
0: we have an announcement about at the end of episode. Oh, yeah. Gotta remember to oh. say that.
2: Uh, that's your spoiler Yes. for that. So, yeah, I guess I um, started working when I was 14, which, like, the legal age was 16. But it was just, you know, my parents being like, hey, we started working when we were young, like, kicking you out of the house. Yeah, go, go get a job. And... I don't think there's
0: any lower limit to when your parents can put you to work.
2: Well, they, I wasn't working for them. So they like, actually, uh, since I lived near the ocean city boardwalk, um, in New Jersey, turns out that you can get lots of jobs under the table. In fact, I think a lot of the economy is based on questionably legal immigrants and like underage kids. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That's the great combination. You were helping to steal the jobs of hardworking Americans, Jace. I probably was a worthy (laughs) endeavor for anybody. Yes. Uh, so I sort of, my like introduction to jobs was that sort of getting a different job every year and not feeling super attached to it. So I think that actually helped me learn, well, the, the, um, the lesson my dad wanted to teach. And I, I think this is funny cause I almost feel like I, I, I hated it at the time, but now I'm kind of like, would I do that to my kid? Like maybe it was kind of valuable was my dad's like, okay, you're going to go work at like, a, you know, as a cashier or like as a as a bus boy, as like a, you know, whatever, like, and, and, and then you're, what that's going to teach you is that like, you should stay at school cause you don't want to do that for the rest of your life. <laughs> and like, I think that that's kind of an elitist point of view, like for, from the perspective of the person who does work forever at the deli, yeah. <laughs> but like, and like, I don't know, maybe they love it there. Mm-hmm. that's that them. But like uh, at the same time, I think it was helpful to kind of see behind the scenes of just like, here's what this job looks like, you know, uh, being a bus boy, you see what it looks like. You'd learn what goes on in a restaurant. Um,
1: I think that's valuable if someone like needs perspective, which I I think most people do. Like if you've ever worked a service industry job, you have to be a special kind of asshole to ever be mean to people in the service industry again. Like if you've ever, I don't know, ordered fast food and you're like, Oh, I worked at, actually I worked at McDonald's for some weeks when I was a teenager too. Um, you know, you ever wonder why your thing that yes without pickles comes with pickles on it? It's because the person making it made a thousand of them with pickles already today. Cause that's how they usually come, and they're not they're they're not engaged cognitively enough to to raise conscious consciousness. They didn't conscious leave awareness. your
2: pickles off as like a conscious attack on you specifically,
1: right? They're just that's just they. <laughs> they're just on autopilot because that's exactly what these kinds of minutiae jobs require out of the The world would be a
2: better place if i think you know how they have like mandatory years of military service in some countries like I, i feel like mandatory like just working in like basic retail like service jobs for kids would probably like just help people be a lot kind of you know more appreciative but um but it was like also uh like working at the the disney store that was my my next door neighbor's mom's store um oh which was how I, you know, so got you screwed hired over into the your table. next door
0: neighbor's mom.
2: No, she she wasn't, she was younger than me, so she would, and she didn't start working. Uh, I don't even, I, anyway, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Um, but, did I, you
0: actually quit the Disney store at the height of their season?
2: Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. It wasn't actually, okay, this is like, it, it wasn't actually even a Disney store. It was, um, called boardwalk characters and there was no licensing for any of the stuff so it was like like i think actual disney stores only sell disney like branded character products and no other stores can sell them unless they get the disney licensed merch but like this was so this was basically a store that sold like bootleg mm-hmm. <laughs> disney stuff and the the boardwalk does that there's like all these you know people selling balloons shaped like spongebob or ice creams that are like various superheroes none of them got the license <laughs> and it's kind of this unspoken agreement i guess that none of the businesses rat each other out about that uh the result is that you get to see some really janky like costumed character that like looks like a really cheap chinese knockoff spongebob that's just like a little off it's, it's so terrifying
1: there's a great subreddit called crappy off brands yeah. where i see these things all the time
2: that's one of the... If, if you ever end up in New Jersey and you go to the Ocean City Boardwalk, that's, like, kind of one of the fun things to do is to just keep an eye out for all the, like, weird, janky bootleg things. <laughs> um, I also... I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, my experience was... I had a I have a sister who's one year younger than me, and she was always, like, super conscientious, uh, super um, moralistic, and always seemed to be on top of like she, she knew like when she was a little kid like she was like i'm gonna be a pediatric nurse because i love babies and taking care of them and what are you gonna be and i was like uh, astronaut ballerina uh race car driver <laughs> you know like I, I don't know the first ballerina on the moon <laughs> yeah um i think that that like but so they don't really expose you to many careers in high school, or at least I wasn't like really exposed to careers at all. Like that we did have like shop class, and we had home ec, but it was really I don't know they they tried to do stuff with it too much, <laughs> and I think they got rid of it like the year after I uh, graduated. But like I think the the idea behind the liberal arts degree, and it's an idea that like I can kind of get behind and understand, like it is that exposure to different things, but. You can get the same exposure to, like, different jobs by working at different jobs. I think I'm just, mm-hmm. like, as we we're having this, like, discussion on the podcast, I'm realizing that I think I'm a proponent of, like, sort of propelling. Like, I I do think you probably could boot camp everything if you were clever about it. I was thinking about, like, social work. It's, like... Were you a
0: librarian for a while?
2: Yeah. Um, that, How
0: did you get into that?
2: That's actually, like, one of the main examples of career hacking that I, like, the first time I, I kind of did it. I guess. Because mm-hmm.
0: um, I hear that you need like all sorts of degrees to be a librarian.
2: It's it's very competitive. It's like a really it's a highly desired job. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it starts to pay pretty. well. like librarian pays pretty well, but like head librarian or director, like they, they start getting pretty good salaries. Um, I could just jump to that. I guess I don't have to. I don't have to tell my story in order. I could Tarantino it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make as much sense to go out of order now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, like a bunch of, you know, kid jobs, uh, went to college because that's what you do. And it was kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, there were like, the reasons that I had for going to college were, okay, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So that it was just sort of extending the period that I was in school, for one. There was the feeling of, um, it's, it felt like morally superior, <laughs> I don't know, like, um, more, not morally superior, but like more... Uh... High status. Well, not even high status, like... I guess ambitious like you know um meh it felt like the right thing to do that like people would be proud of me and like if I went to college and disappointed if I didn't My neither of my parents had college degrees and I was the oldest kid so it was like sort of
0: I do think that going to college because you don't know what else to do is probably the worst reason like if you have (laughs) a plan like you want to be a psychiatrist so you're going into med school or whatever that's good then do that but like I mean, I did the same thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll program computers and go to college is what you do. And that was just... No. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, I... I, I had, mean, I'm
0: really glad I dropped out, to be honest.
2: I had some interests. I, I, had, I had a lot of interests. But, like, I didn't have any, like, you know, my sister always had her... I know exactly, like, you know, what, where I'm going to go, what my plan is. She, like, was super organized about taking the SATs and looking for, the, like, these colleges that are good. I, I did not do any of that. I just... Uh, found school really easy and i was like i don't know I, I i was a shitty student in the sense like not in the sense that i got bad grades but that i like didn't really try hard i had uh i was putting all of my like energy into like playing mmos or mm-hmm. <laughs> doing doing whatever interest i had on the side and kind of just like doing enough school to uh pass and not make my parents angry but then like i remember i had a guidance everybody had to like schedule time with the guidance counselor at some point to talk about where you like what what you were going to do and receive some counseling and i remember the, the guidance counselor like looked at you know my i guess like scholastic history whatever they have and was like yeah it seems like you should probably go to a uh, community college I, like and i just i took personal offense to that cuz i i was and I think she was, like, actually saying, like I, don't, like, I don't know, you don't seem, like, focused or disciplined enough or, like, get like good, getting good enough grades to get into, like, a university, like, you should go to this. And I, I wish I hadn't had that reaction because if I could go back and do it over, it would have made a lot more sense to go to a community college um, and just sort of ex- continue doing the thing of exploring and seeing what I wanted to do. I remember some kids did that and they were like, yeah, you know, you just transfer your credits over to the school that you end up going to. And some other kids were like, I'm going to take a year off, travel the world and, or like, I'm going to take a year off and just work and try to like, think about it. And for some reason, none of those like options felt like I was allowed to take them. Hmm. Like, I I guess I um, sort of grew up or like the culture around me was very much about like, yeah, like, you know, being decisive, doing the right things, following the path. And I was like, I don't have a path. Like, I'm good at, my thing was like, I'm good at drawing and I like biology, Um, and like nature and stuff. And I was like, so I'm probably going to do something like that. And that was the the thing I would tell people after, like, you know, I was done saying like paleontologist, whatever. So how did you get a job once you were out? Um, well, I continued, I I went to college for five years, um, and took classes more slowly so I could work on the side. And my dad, uh, my dad and I had an agreement where he would, I'd pay half, he'd pay half. Mm -hmm. So between the two of us, I did not have debt. Um, and I was also just still working through college and working like a, that was when I did the soap company. Um, and that that was pretty cool because that has like the, the crafty
0: thing that I right, like. So hold on. You can't just say that was when I did the soap company. Oh. You you like started your own soap company, I did company, not right? start it. No, right. I
2: was, uh, it was a local business. Um, kind of like Lush, if you're familiar with it, where it's all like handmade bath and body products made of... Coconut oil and stuff instead of scary chemicals with names like propylene glycol. I am so, familiar
1: with Lush, but I'm still gonna picture you making soap like they did in Fight Club.
2: Yes, it was. Um, there was a large tank of lard or not lard, uh, of lye <laughs> involved. Human fat, not lard. That's, although you can use lard. but um. <laughs> so did you like show up at the front door and say, "Hey, are you hiring?" Or yeah. Oh, okay. I just applied there, and they were like, "Yeah." <laughs> right. I mean, um, that was how I got all my other jobs, though. Like, I didn't have. they they didn't yeah like indeed and stuff like didn't really exist then because this would have been in 2010
0: so i I really want to know how you got the librarian job because that is i've heard very hard yeah That, that go in and Like in the front door and apply makes you think of all
1: that boomer advice. Like just go in, ask them, ask to see the manager, and give them a firm handshake and (laughs) hand them them your paper resume. And I'm like, they would they would yell you out of the store if you did that. Dad, I don't understand how this shit works. Yeah, and it's all well-meaning advice, but it was really funny when I was looking for uh, um, my second, maybe my first job too in the computer programming industry. But my dad was just saying, you know, tell them your you know, looking to get married and start a family. And I'm like, they would be pissed if they heard that because all they hear is this guy wants to take time off. (laughs) Like, you you don't understand how things... You haven't been looking for a job since 1970, Dad, or 1980-something, I guess, at this point. You don't know how this shit works.
2: My parents did that. Like, they'd drive me to a place and then they just drop me off. (laughs) Like, I remember uh, one time uh, my dad's like, oh, I think, like... You know, his diner is hiring. It was just this like local diner. He like drove me over there. He's like, I'll come like pick you up in a bit and use your I, wages today. So to get I ahead. had to Taxi like dad. walk in this place, like talk to like the you know the hostess. I'm like, hey, like I'm here to apply for a job. as like, the, as the manager? And like, oh yeah, he's in the kitchen. So I have to like walk back in the kitchen as a civilian, <laughs> not in uniform or anything. Be like, hey, where's the manager? <laughs> like, uh, that probably still works in some industries, and that's probably what you have to do. But like, a lot of people I think get jobs through networking where yeah you do have like your dad's or whatever or your your next door neighbor has this store um your cousin works at this place and can probably get you a job but um other than that there is kind of there, there used to be how you got a job like and I, I guess they would post like you know help wanted sections in the newspaper and stuff but before the internet it was very much sort of and when you're you know a teenager without job skills you're just going from door to door being like Here's my resume. And if you're going to do that. Or can I fill out an application?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you're doing that sort of thing, you can't be picky. You got to be like, does anyone need a body to do any sort of work? And then you can find a job that way. It
2: didn't like make any sense to be picky because it was all kind of the same jobs. Although the soap shop was uh, a lot cooler than working in a restaurant, you know, bussing tables or (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) making breakfast sandwiches. Um, Because I did get to like run the front of the shop and also make all the products. And making the products was so fun. But also working the front desk was really great because um, I'd just been used to, you know, I'd worked a bunch of cashier jobs, but people grumpy when when it comes to the part where they have to part with their money. Oh. Uh, Except for, like, if they're going in to buy a gift for, like, for someone, which usually they were, like, buying themselves some, like, you know, getting some self-care, like... Or like buying gifts for people, and then and they're like, oh, these are so nice. Oh, can you can you make a gift basket? Yeah, we make gift baskets here. We can make them whatever color. And you're like, oh my god, you know, let me tell you about my daughter. <laughs> All right, we just took a few minute break
1: because we needed to stretch. We've been here for a while, and we were talking in the sequences about uh, word count to information ratio, and I've had a lot of fun. But people aren't here to hear about our career paths. Although I think there's that's the thing is there's information to glean there on how we did what we did. Um, you know, none of us are. I think, uh, with the possible exception of Jace, who's been doing, I don't know, 10, 12 things over the last decade? Something like that. Like, you're probably the exception of the person who's, like, actually done cool shit with, like, chasing your interests, but the rest of us have kind of just done not-so-off-the-beaten-path things. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, but if if people are looking for, like, okay, that's fine, that's all cool hearing about your guys' stuff, but how do I do stuff?
2: Yeah, we're going to jump ahead to some of that. Um... Look how good Steven's gotten at segway. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of practice, I guess. Yeah, no, I I noticed like, you know, I've been listening to I've been catching up on all my podcasts uh and I've like just been able to watch you like getting better at it in that podcast and then like see you doing it and like I'm like yeah
1: <laughs> the trick there is that usually i've got like a minute where we've been derailed long enough and then brian's talking i'm like all right let's think of a way to lead this back yeah. to where i was trying to go <laughs> so I, I just look for an opening and then i shove it
2: in but... speaking of well, yeah like <laughs> awkwardly um and that me... podcast is we want more yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to that one too if you like this one you might like that one um. How I yeah. So I said about how how I got the soup job and like all the other jobs before that was literally just walk in the door go Harass the manager. <laughs> Some of the advice I got from like my parents and other people in my parents' generation, which they like would tell everybody, like, this was this was the thing you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah, like so submit your like application it... and then call them the next day and then keep calling them and keep like come in if they don't answer. Like, I was like, you want like, so you're like harassing them, and giving you a job basically. But this was the advice everybody gave.
0: Wait, so, so you're like, saying that actually worked to get you the jobs though? Yeah, I mean, all
2: right, it, it's it.
1: I have an <laughs> anecdote about that when I worked at the ice cream shop. I remember the manager going through and he had just a stack of applications and I was watching him. He's like, this person called back, this person called back, this person called, this person called, and these ones didn't. He just threw them in the trash without looking at him. Wow. But he was also an idiot. So okay. take that with a grain of salt.
2: No, that was like what they would um, tell you, as the, like the explanation for that is like, oh, you'll show that you're committed to the job. If you call and, like, you know, and that you're, like, able to be business like and professional on the phone and stuff like that. It was just, like, kind of the thing where it was a signal on both sides of, I guess, conscientiousness hmm. and, like, career suitability where, yeah. But, like, it's just, I don't know. It's It would be so weird to do now. Um, I think, uh, at least I think it would be.
0: I don't know. Seems like it may still work.
2: Um. So, yeah, as I was, like, going through college, I was still working, so... And it was a continuation of random weird jobs um eventually yeah like internet uh like i don't know monster i think was the first one i used monster.com and indeed and all those started existing and at that point then i guess that was like sort of me growing and watching the career like standards change so that was interesting Hmm. um but i was working as a sous chef um at the end of college when this was actually really cool the The boss's wife, who worked uh, at at a, like, finance industry, was like, hey, you're, like, majoring in art. Uh, There's this guy who just took out a loan to do uh, something with video games, and I mentioned that, like, you're in school for art, and he might want to hire you. So that was how I, like, got into the video games industry. And it's one of those um, sort of networking to, you know, it's who you know again. But, um... And it's also, like, jumping on opportunities. So this was...
0: That is a big one. Yeah. Like,
2: th- putting yourself
0: in positions where you might run into opportunities is...
2: And saying yes to everything. Yeah, like absolutely. You're saying. Yeah, I, I really like... Uh, Derek Sivers actually has good career advice. He's the guy that made CD Baby back in the day. And now he, like, writes books and music and stuff. Um, what were some of his... <laughs> no, that- oh, oh, yeah. He, he, like, one of his, like, catchy things that I enjoy is say yes to everything. And then, like, once, once you've, like, hit your sort of goal or your success goal say uh fuck yeah or no <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: that's i mean just having luck is really important but a lot of people yeah. don't seem to realize that luck a lot of it is being in positions where you can run into opportunities and that requires things like you know going out being social saying yes to any sort of requests and then yeah jumping on them when they do appear so
2: let me yeah let me just tell you how sketchy this was um can I, with one sentence interject? Hmm.
1: Yep. Speaking of being sketchy, that's how I fell into being a PI for a year. Okay. Was, no, I mean, that's it. That, that, that's the one sentence version.
0: You were just a really sketchy dude. And someone no, no, was no. Like, <laughs> I, it, was, it was spy on people. I, was <laughs> an I,
1: I did insurance stuff. It was less follow my ex-girlfriend or something. It was uh, insurance fraud. But it was um, I was in a situation where the idea was presented to me, and I was like, you know what? I hate what I'm doing, being a teller. Let's just see what it takes to get licensed and do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it happened to be right after I got licensed, I bumped into somebody. Uh, at like a vape shop and like <laughs> i was just he was like what do you doing I was like well i just got licensed to be a pi no way a friend of mine's a pi and i was like give him my number and i worked for that guy for a month he sucked but like that's how i got in so yeah. it is just placement and seizing every opportunity too right yeah. so that was all i brought it up for and
2: it looks i mean um i don't know uh, it sounded like you did a little bit of research there too yeah to get started for sure like or at least to you know know what it is and get the interest but um, yeah 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 I'll get to that with the library job. I just want to, like, real quick, just because this is hilarious. So, uh, yeah, she's like, here's this guy's phone number. And I call, and it's his personal cell. And It was just like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for it. Just come by my house. It's, like, this address. Just let yourself in. Oh, shit. Bring your portfolio. I'll show you some of the stuff we're working on. I was just like, okay this is fine mm-hmm. <laughs> brought like a knife in my, in my back pocket my portfolio and literally like i got to his house i call him he's like i'm down in the basement yeah the front door's open here's the the code for my garage just um walk in door on your left goes down to the basement just let yourself in wow. i was like okay let's so go in the basement now <laughs> <laughs> my friends let them know where i'm at yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but um it was legit it was that was yeah it's kind of crazy he trusted you with the code to his garage too this was the kind of person this guy was, um, he was like creative genius, very ADD and very like, he was so good at doing, um, pitches for projects. We we got so many projects because he would just like get so fucking excited about whatever it was we were pitching that like, he was practically like bouncing up and down and it was infectious. Cool. Um, not so good at like the organizational side of things. That was what I was doing a lot of, <laughs> uh, library. So after being in the games industry for like 6 years getting really disillusioned with it, changing, like getting laid off, it's building a new company, getting bought by another company, like uh um I wanted to I realized that like I my goals changed to wanting to do something values oriented where if I had gone back like to me in school, I um kind of, you know, was like eh, I guess I'll, you know, get this art degree and probably become some graphics designer and be making ads or some shit and then like I never really could have imagined that I would have been like working in the video games. It's just like, I worked for Disney at one point and it was just like, if I went and told my past self that I'd be like, no way. Hmm. And um, then like doing it, I was like, actually, I don't like this. <laughs> it was, I, I don't know. Um, there was a point where like the love of video games and art like stopped being motivating. Um,
0: I think we, we could touch on a little bit of hacking. Like you said, I worked at Disney for at one point, which most people be like, holy shit, how did that happen?
2: Yeah, by, like, you like, know, the, the the same thing of, like, you know, take a chance on Creepy Guy in the Basement. <laughs> and eventually, uh, you know, we got hired. Um, we were working for Microsoft originally and making, like, web-based MMOs. And then we just, like, we pitched a project to Disney. And a bunch of, it was one of those, like, um... Bunch of people are pitching to be the ones hired for the specific project, and we were the ones hired.
3: Excellent.
2: And um, so, like, I, I never had like a goal of working for Disney, and <laughs> uh, but then I, I like ended up there, and I was like, hey, cool. um So the library, though, I was hanging out like a real lot in this library, um, and after yeah, like the. The, the period where, like, the, the rest of my employee, like, uh, fellow employees and my boss were trying to, like, form a new startup and getting, uh, and I was just, like, I'm sick of this. Um, I was hanging out at this library a lot and I was, like, attending a bunch of their events and at one, like, point, you know, um, I, like, helped them fix their projector and, like, so, like, people who were working there knew me and I was reading, uh, like, I was, I was into Tim Ferriss at the time and so I think that in particular, I'll have to see if I can find it and link it, but there was this one article that was, um, A guest that was posting on his blog and probably someone he did an interview with was talking about backdoors into careers and he said that he wanted to like work at this one radio company like be a radio host I think it was and he just um like I called there called the place was like hey like could I talk to the manager and then like I think just asked him like hey what would it take to get a job? you know, in radio. And I I forget if he didn't, um, he might not have even like led up with that, but like, he just sort of became friends with this dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think maybe helped him with like something else that he was like consulting or advertising or something. And then like by building that rapport with the person, then they were willing to be like, you know, rather than, I don't know if any of these employees are qualified, but like this one has a degree and this one doesn't. It's like, Oh, this one has a degree. Oh, but that one's Dave. We love Dave. Mm -hmm. Whatever his name was. (laughs) Um, And there were some other suggestions about, like, backdoor ways of finding your way into a career. And I started actually, like, trying to put that into practice. I was like, this is, this library is a good opportunity. I remember as a kid, I I was, like, talked out of being a librarian real early because I did hear the stuff that Eniash was saying. Like, oh, yeah, like, well, you need a master's degree. And it's really competitive. And there's not, like, you know, there wasn't a robust library system in New Jersey because Governor Christie. (laughs) slash library funding yeah. boo um but so you
0: hung out at the library a lot yeah and hung out
2: there made friends with the director and, and you helped
0: when they needed things done
2: yep and yeah i, I like i did some volunteer stuff i did volunteer uh i i made them a logo and helped them like do some graphics for their website awesome and then like Eventually I was like, you know, hey, what would it take to get hired here? <laughs> and I didn't have any background in library science, but they were like, oh yeah, like jason has been here, you know, like j-. it was again, like uh, you were bring- bringing up the thing of like being someone that people want to work with.
0: Yeah. yeah. And especially like with the logo and the website, you did something for them that they couldn't do on their own. You weren't just like a grunt landing a hand. You were like, for them to do this would take special training or hiring someone. And you were like, hey, I have these skills. And then they remember you for that.
2: Yep. And, and then I just um did the the other thing that I was talking about before, where I kind of okay I learned how to like run the SQL database and do like run run the circulation desk and then do like interlibrary loans like all you and know you the, all that on the job yeah um so you were just like you know just following people around being an extra pair of hands uh, until I like learned how to do a thing and then I would be like okay what else can I help with eventually I was doing like all the things yeah and. And it started
0: with, I, I'm here a lot, I help a lot. Is there any way I can get a job?
2: Yep. It's like, yeah, well, you know, you're hiring somebody part-time, you need some extra help for the yeah. summer. And... Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, eventually it was... Uh, I. Then you were already there to... Well, to... Eventually what I was, was like, fun? saying, hey, like, um, what if I got my library master's and, like, could I be hired on as a librarian? Because I was, like, a library assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although I, they like promoted me to a job that didn't really exist, but it was like a media specialist, library media specialist, (laughs) which was a a name that we made up and sort of crafted by looking at job postings so they could justify giving me a promotion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And the the director was like, oh, well, like you could go get your master's, but you already know everything that they're going to teach you. (laughs) And I was just (laughs) like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Something else that I think was in that same Tim Ferriss article. uh, Since,
0: since... After he said that, were you able to just go straight to librarian then? No. Um, That was another one of those you have to have it.
2: Yeah, there, um, there's the you know the degree barrier, so they can I guess justify the high salary, and but like yeah, that was kind of I thought that was kind of bullshit. Where it's like, what if you do you know like start as an entry level employee and work your way to the point where it's like at least your company um, offered to like help pay for the college. This was me just saying, hey, what if I take my own money and like go do this? But um. Yeah, the, I think it was, I forget if it was a different Tim Ferriss article. I'll have to see if I can find these two. I tried searching for them and they didn't come up as readily as before, but maybe I just need to tinker with my search terms. Uh, the, yeah, and I'm sure I can find it. I think with this quote, there's a, a guy said like, oh, the standard pace is for chumps. Hmm. And he was talking about uh, how he went, I forget if it was when he went to college originally or when he went back to college, but he realized that you can test out of classes, so he was just like oh this is like a superpower like so yeah. he just made himself a boot camp crammed for the stuff and then tested out of each subject nice so like he, um he like had to i think talk it over with the professors or the school faculty but it's like basically yeah if you can submit these three projects and then like pass the final exam that'll prove that you know the the subject matter well enough that we can just like be like yeah you get those credits. So he like I forget how much um faster he got through college that way but that's like another that's more of a education hacking I guess. But uh
0: I I really strongly agree with the uh standard paces for chumps thing. I think we've touched on this several times but like way back in the day, used to be you got the one job, you would get promoted slowly over time, and eventually you retired from that same job you started at forty years ago.
2: And now you just don't do that. That's stupid. Yeah, you You've, can't do that. Most no. places are, like just don't even have the higher level jobs to offer, or yeah, or they
1: don't care about giving you like. I mean, they're not
2: like helping you accelerate your career,
1: or 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 incentivize you to stick around. You know, like this was an off year for my company anyway, but I was given a one point five percent raise, hmm. which. And I'm close to my manager, so I was able to say this when he delivered that number. I was like, oh, that's almost inflation. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I nice. mean, if they were to give me 1.5% every year for the next 10 years, I'd be fucked, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now, that I have a friend who's been in the industry for over 20 years, and this is the first job he's been at long enough to get a raise.
2: Mm-hmm. What industry? Programming? Uh, yeah,
1: programming. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's, he's jumped
0: so frequently over the last 20 years that he's like, yeah, I just got my first raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think programming is definitely much more supercharged than jobs in general. But even so, you but, should be but not looking not that to, much more, yeah, I think, yeah. You should yeah. be looking to transfer to a different department if your company is large enough or just get, you know, move to a different job that's better placed every three years or so.
1: At the very least, I think for other industries, you want a title change. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be the same... You know, don't want to be yeah, a library you, assistant.
2: You want to be media specialist, right? If you yeah. have a
1: business card or not, but whatever your job title is listed as, you want that to change every few years because yes. then they, then the company can justify to their higher ups why they're giving you a fifteen percent raise, right?
0: Yeah. And it looks much better on your resume when you go to, you know, when you are shopping around for the other job. You're like, look, I started out as an accountant. I went yeah. to accountant two, uh, two two years later, three years after that, they put me to accountant supervisor. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, or senior account or whatever. Just like always. Get, e- even if it doesn't come with like a pay raise, especially because jobs change over time. They're like the stuff you originally hired on you often do less and less and they give you more of other work. So eventually, once you're like, look, I do a lot of stuff now I didn't do before. Can I get a different title for it? Even if it doesn't come with a pay raise, you get a different title on your uh, CV or um, what, what's the other resume? word for CV? Resume. Yeah. And that looks better to the next people you're showing it to. You're like, look, no, I get promoted fancy title, title.
1: Beats the hell out of yeah. accountant. 2004 to present.
0: Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if you're ready to wrap up, we can
2: no. wrap it. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I had more uh, subjects to hit. Like, maybe we can go more quickly over some of the things. The. I mean, or, we definitely should. It's yeah. getting along. We talked about boot camps. We talked about um, accelerated learning. Mm-hmm. And so there's also the option to... Take, like, the especially now, you know, that everyone's working from home, going to school from home, online courses um are blowing up. There's online courses for, like, just about everything. And some of them offer certifications. And I think MIT and – or maybe – I forget if it's MIT or Stanford um, and maybe some other the bigger universities, but they offer their courses for free, not with the – you don't get the degree if you didn't pay for the course, but if you just want to learn the material. Um, so, like, depending on how – much rapport you have with whoever's maybe going to hire you, you could also just like, you know, tell them, well, I took the, you know, I took this course. I don't have the like ability to prove it, but I can like talk to you and prove that I know the material. Maybe you can at least put it on a resume. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can, yeah, like skill up, uh, by doing things that like, yeah, you could stick on a resume. You could go volunteer, um, say that you wanted to like work at a nonprofit. I mean, um, or like an NGO, uh, you can definitely go like take a volunteer, um, stint and you can put that on a resume as experience uh there's i wanted to talk about eighty thousand hours oh okay um which is it's, it's rationalist adjacent it might i don't know if it um
1: i think the professed goal is to like not just get you into a job but get you into a high-earning industry that you're equipped to do yeah and uh with the understanding that you'll probably give a lot of that money to charity yeah and it's, So. um yeah, like eighty thousand hours is the, uh, roughly the amount of working hours you get in a currently healthy adult human uh, working span. Um, I it's interesting. I maybe and I'm, I'm curious about your take on this. I'm only jumping in just because uh, I had a question about this. Like my immediate thought shortly after learning about eighty thousand hours was that like if you get into a high paying industry just to give away a bunch of money, whether or not that's actually you can put that on one side. Like if you're if you're optimizing for income there's a good chance you'll find a job that you don't love yeah or that you don't even really like that much and that my understanding was that the burnout rate was kind of high have that i'm sure they've actually calibrated that in though this was 10 years ago when i first heard about this yeah i think
2: the yeah the goal is you know just to make big books and then do what you want i guess (laughs) but you could donate a bunch of it to charity Um, and you don't have to like live that life forever you know like if you don't like being a stock trader You could work as a stock trader for a bit if you have the ability to do it, and maybe it kind of sucks, but then, like, then you got a bunch of money that you can not only give to charity, but also, like, invest or use to, like, float you to your next thing. While you take a coding boot camp. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Wasn't $80,000 hours also very much about, like, um, not just making money, although that was, like, one option for people, but specifically about making an impact with your career? Yeah, so... um, Like, on changing the future?
2: I was talking about, like, values-oriented... and it's kind of yeah like people are gonna have different goals for what they want to do in their career like do you just want to make money do you want to travel do you want to just learn stuff are you, are you like motivated by helping others Eighty thousand hours um yeah has the goal of optimizing the job search for like highly skilled or like highly motivated candidates so there's like job advice and job training opportunities there um If you're a young person in the rationalist community, uh, probably, or not even a young person, they started out, um, they said explicitly, like, we're mostly gearing our advice and stuff towards, like, college grads because we have to, you know, pick a place to focus on now, and that's, like, the people that have the most years to give to the cause, but they've started, from what I've heard, expanding a lot more of their advice to be applicable to, so if you already, you know, are in a career and you want to change or whatever, uh i think that they have stuff for you now and i also intended to check that out and i haven't done it yet so it's a reminder to myself
1: i think that's good I, like i said i imagined that they, that they had optimized a bit over the last decade because i remember when i first looked into it it was it might have been in the earlier days of it well it definitely was because it was 10 years ago but it might have been in the early days of it not just the earlier days and the fact that they're iterating and improving the process is reassuring um you know i'm trying to think of like any general advice that i could think of and it's kind of just like my same advice for everything which is like don't be afraid to take a leap for something
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the downside of that take, like, is that,
2: calculated risks right calculated
1: mm-hmm. risks and uh you know not just like take a leap and like i'm gonna quit and you know start painting and sell that like that's that's a great uh ambition but i would start something like that that isn't like a an a waged job I would start that as a side project. Yeah, like I wouldn't bank your mortgage on, uh, like you're suddenly taking off as an artist. It's like uh, writing or podcasting, right? Uh, you know, there's, there's no, uh, you know, when there's not a guaranteed minimum that you're making, then it tends to be a lot scarier. But the other thing about even like the, uh, the, the general leap of faith that I'm talking about, that's safer and more calibrated, like even that comes with some, like I don't throw this word around a lot, but some level of privilege. Like I am lucky enough that. I have parents that continue to care about me and that if I was ever like, I'll never be homeless. Right, right. Like if I needed it, I could move back into their house at any time. And so, you know, if my adventure into programming had taken a complete shit and I'd never got anywhere, well, they would, I, I wouldn't, you know, end up homeless. Right. So like I, I have that safety net. Um, if if you don't have that, obviously you have to be more careful about the, the risks you take, but I'm, you know,
0: can I speak briefly about the first uh, career hacking from Less Wrong that I'm familiar with, yeah. Uh, this was, I guess, back in the day, 2009, 2010, maybe. Um, someone posted on Less Wrong about this uh, opportunity in Australia.
2: Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. Optimized income. There is that the name of the post. Optimal income. Okay. Yeah, we can find it.
0: It was uh, a thing in Australia where you could go uh, for, as with a temporary visa and get a job, basically a low skill job um, out in the far lesser populated places and you would get paid a decent amount due to the fact that uh, they had nationwide minimum wage laws and uh
2: yeah they they recommended like working at a hotel and they're like you will get like three meals a day and Uh a free room so you Uh can go there you can just save all the money you make cost of living
0: (laughs) was very low out in these more remote areas you still got paid a good amount because the minimum wage is calibrated for cities rather than these areas And the government, uh, it would take a fair chunk of money in taxes for the government retirement program or whatever, but when you left the, uh, country after a year or however many months you got, uh, they would give all that back to you. And basically, it was just a large chunk of cash for going out, having a really cool, unique experience in a foreign country for a year, and, uh... That money could then be used to fund all sorts of things, like for example, going into a coding boot camp for a long period of time, or putting down a down payment on uh on a house or whatever. Uh I know Thomas, uh, who we've had on this podcast before, Thomas Elliott, uh, did that thing in Australia. Yeah. And he said it was fucking awesome and it was how he got started, uh, with a lot of things including uh funding his own board game making uh business. Is it sixpence
1: games? Yes. Yeah so i'd recommend looking at that and i also helped uh, kickstart his book the translation of the enciridion mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's a human translatable or human trans, modern human translated version of uh was it um it's one of the great stuff curious yeah yeah yep yeah i like wait hold on i gotta hear the rest of the this, this cliffhanger is this still an option you, you said
0: uh, oh. i'm sure it's not right now because of covid uh i don't know if it will be again afterwards uh, so that would be great to look into. But uh, one of the things that this brings up is uh, finding areas uh, where people really need people to come work because there aren't a lot of people. There are things like this in the U.S. They will pay you extra to go to, out to remote areas. Being a teacher in uh, remote areas can often pay very well because no one wants to go teach there. Yeah, especially
2: re- um, English as a second language.
1: That, yep. That's what I was going to mention is that I know that there are programs that will pay you to come out and live in Vietnam or Japan or whatever to come teach English. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, really, any place where there's government resources being uh, put into propping up an industry is also a good place to go to look mm-hmm. for jobs. Uh, I, it, it's kind of scummy because, you know, the, I, I don't like the government funneling money away from one place to another place that they...
2: Do you have examples of this? Well,
0: the, the one that comes to mind immediately, because I do it, is the government in the U.S. props up home buying a lot. Which yeah, is why it's huh. such a good idea to buy uh, places oh, here and renovate I, them. Yeah. Because s- the amount of support government uh, gives to homeowners here in the U.S. is
2: crazy. I have been, like, I, even though I'm doing the coding boot camp now, I'm kind of, I was laughing a little earlier because you said it, but like, I'm kind of just doing it so I have a thing to do right now. Like, it's like I'm in school. Mm. It's so, not just I'm being unemployed, but like, one of the things I was thinking about was like, uh, kind of would be cool to flip houses. Yeah. That's like one of those sort of, like taking a risk thing where either like either it works out or it doesn't and then you just like kind of are screwed
0: and but... like take advantage of these kind of programs i know someone who uh got into a boot, uh, coding boot camp and said specifically you know they are in lots of high-tech companies they're looking for female programmers because they want to get it. that ratio <laughs> yeah well I,
2: I, ra- I can be the trans program exactly that's, i think that's you a feel minority, some sort too. of demographic
0: yeah but the the they're trying to uh, that's less get that um, ratio um, uh, cl- closer to fifty fifty, and so female programmers are just in greater demand in a lot of these companies. And she was like, I, I think I can get a decent job uh, pretty easily because of that. So she went right for it. I worked with a couple of recruiters uh,
1: at my last job, and well, they tra- they. I like to make the joke that they made the ultimate recruiting decision and recruited themselves into programming. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so they wound up on my team over the, my years there, and uh, they both said something similar where. Like, and it's just a, you know, sexism, whatever, all the the implications or whatever aside. The fact is is that when they would sort resumes, female resumes were on top. Right. If you
2: happen to belong to some minority, like non-English speaking or person of color or disabled or queer. I think think it was easiest (laughs) for them to do do female
1: because that was obvious in the name. And so, like, they didn't necessarily get, like, the you know, when you apply for a job and it says check your race, check your whatever, a lot of those don't get translated or don't get transferred to the recruiter themselves, but your actual resume does with your mm-hmm. name and if your name is...
2: Yeah, but there's that, that's um, totally a thing though where there's various like government programs. You can right. look for um, I remember when I was actually looking into possibly getting a library master's, uh, I was like I wonder if there's like financial programs that I could apply for. Like, And there was the like single women grant or something, since I wasn't married, and I was just like, hmm. You didn't have to be a mom or anything. <laughs> uh, it was... Like a lot of those are like single mothers, but it was just single women in general. Uh, I am trying to remember what it was, but uh. But you don't have kids. I think and it would was um like single women that were making under a certain amount of money or something like that. Nice. Uh, I did not end up applying for it, but I recommend. I don't know if you, if you can think of yeah some way to fund a thing or like some uh exemption like that exemption is not really the word i want but
0: and it really does depend on the industry there's some that are trying to uh close perceived gaps and or actual gaps and uh you know there's others that just don't give a fuck
1: yeah this isn't i wasn't making any like actual advice on mine i was just relating one anecdote that back
0: to what you said like okay. if you're trying to get that a construction advice, job though. that'll probably be and you're less likely to get one if you're uh of the female persuasion
1: yeah i mean uh that's probably true i guess um, I don't know how these gender words work anymore. Yeah, if your name makes it sound like you were born with a vagina, then they won't pick <laughs> right. you to, to fix roofs or something, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, um, um, uh, my, I had a friend who got hired at GameStop, and it was because they thought he was a girl. oh really because um i think he well he was was trans but he had to apply under his legal name because he hadn't changed it legally yet and like because he had a like stereotypically female name even though he had come in and like like he had you know had a deep voice facial hair like mm-hmm. co- like looked like a, a cis guy because he transitioned early motherfucker like, um yeah. <laughs> but like i handed his resume to the guy the guy i guess forgot or something and was mm-hmm. just like oh like uh, female name yeah like we put a chick out the counter no. get, get more of the, like the gamer guys in here <laughs> and then like they were like disappointed when he actually came in and they're like it's like oh we thought like i don't know we thought we were, i wanted to hire a girl." but like they already hired it so it was like just this really awkward he he didn't like stay at that job for very long because it was imagine. very awkward well plus like that. for
1: someone to say i meant to hire someone else is definitely a weird <laughs> yeah. thing to hear on your starting day also i have a friend who worked at gamestop she was a, or she is a girl um and she hated it apparently and she's, everyone hates it she, she's big into video games and I, I also thought that like oh it'd be fun to work at a video game store because i like video games and i met her actually at uh the coding boot camp i we went to and she was like, oh, no, it's a fucking nightmare. Like, it, it sucks all the fun out of it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's good to know, because I wouldn't expect that.
0: Well, it's not like you get to play the video games for your job. It's no, but, just another but, but shitty it, retail but job. But it's
2: your job to, you know, maybe spend... Categorize them and then, like, talk them up to people. Yeah. And, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I played that one. It was whatever. And yeah, you, you get to read out.
1: the the reviews of whatever Demon Souls remake and talk to the... Oh, you, uh, do you get an
2: employee discount? Probably, yeah. But... It's also GameStop sucks. <laughs> i lost
1: all my my enjoyment of gamestop when they stayed open way late into the pandemic so that they could oh sell God, yeah. doom and animal crossing <laughs> in stores yeah
0: yeah it's i don't know I, I i've i've often heard do what you love for a living but i've also heard never ever try to make what you love into a job because then you won't love it anymore yeah, do, I mean, do uh, it for do it for the love. When right? I... and if you get paid for it, cool. Right. That's how I, that's how I treat you know the podcast and the writing. Exactly. It's, you don't get paid very much, but you get paid something. And I do it not for the money, but because I love doing it. Right.
2: It um is worth noting. I think that like you might find out that you don't actually love the thing you loved. Like uh, mm. working in the games industry, I like you know started out like designing levels and coming up with game design documents, and then like eventually what, by the end, I was social media manager and doing analytics um like search engine optimization and like it was just all marketing bs and i was not into it anymore they mm-hmm. just needed somebody to do those things and you know that, that's the downside to being the person of like give me more tasks i want to learn anything like oh yeah you want to learn how to do like social media management and i was like nah, really like well we really need someone to do okay mm-hmm and they're like oh well jace is really good at that so like you know that oh you, you can make it and i was like no you say
0: yes to things
2: <laughs> yeah don't, don't say yes to things that you know you'll hate yeah. or like that you suspect you'll hate but like also um yeah kinda uh, your sort of your goals might change every time you might start out just looking to do, get a job that'll make money and realize like oh I actually you know i'm more motivated for helping people or learning stuff i also totally want to walk back what i just said
0: i would not do this podcast if i was not getting paid for it so (laughs) yeah i mean he's um... he's
1: saying that with a smirk
0: nope it's totally true (laughs) working in the games industry
2: like i was i was not playing video games when i came home like and i loved video games and it was like actually kind of this wake up call of like oh sometimes doing what you love can wreck your love of the thing Mm -hmm. my brother
1: worked for a few months
2: ish at a donut place and it was like you make you make all the
1: donuts at night and then they sell them all first thing in the morning. And now he doesn't like donuts. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it, it ruins donuts for him. And donuts are a treasure. And so that's, I think maybe it's been enough time where you can enjoy them again. But for years, he was like, oh, no, fuck that. I'm I'm good. Um, yeah. I think seeing how the sausage is made uh, can take some of the, the energy out of something that you might otherwise enjoy, especially, too, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, You know, you mentioned um, carpentry and stuff, and I was like, oh, you know, make a beautiful table. That's different than pumping out a dozen tables a day for a job, right? And so, like, if you did that, then, like, you don't want to go home and work on your 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 table project that you've been working on for the last few months. Like, no, I just spent my whole day, you know, covered in sawdust and, and, like you know doing all this shit like now i hate doing it so yeah. but that people's mileage varies their problem yeah my sure. my dad
2: comes home and just continues building stuff like my childhood home he built it and then like it's it was kind of hilarious by the time like my parents you know all their kids moved out and they finally sold it but it was just like excessively large and My dad just, like, built, like, a tiki hut in the back, and then he put an in-ground pool, and then he put, like, a a waterfall. Like, he just, like, couldn't stop adding stuff. (laughs) And it was kind of, that it was, like, all this stuff to manage. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's, let's see. What else? Um. We we talked about, yeah, we talked about optimal income. Backdoors. 80,000 hours. Uh, and, yeah, I just want to, like, I didn't actually say this directly, but I want to, like, reiterate, um. Google has its own, like, job search feature where it'll just scrape from Indeed and Monster and all that. So I always just Google now, like, clinical research jobs near me, and it'll just write in the, you know, search results, like, populate, you know, some links to the the different postings that are on those sites. So that's a handy trick if you're looking for a job. And, um, if you don't know what you want to do and want to explore more jobs, uh, try like googling things you're interested in or just look for like jobs near me entry level and maybe like paid training um or or uh training included you know um think you're, like think around with the search results and like maybe just uh just throw an application at a bunch of things and try it out for a bit you can quit and it's like much less stigmatized now mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I uh Kind of was frustrated at my. I, I like. They, I went to Clinical Research Fast Track, which is the boot camp. I recommend them a lot. The, the education was really high quality. But um, I remember that the director at the time, uh, one of her like advice to students thing what was uh like even if okay you're gonna land your first job maybe it won't be a great job maybe the people kind of suck you know maybe they like maybe it doesn't pay great but like stick with it for a few years just like grit your teeth and stick with so you can like you know put it on a resume and then you won't be one of those like people that are just like wishy-washy jump job jumping and I was just like oh no as soon as I heard that okay boomer (laughs) but yeah that I was like oh she's like my parents age so that's like I think just like m- most industries know that that's not how the world works anymore. And they've like, you know, they're taking advantage of it. You might as well. Yeah. Get think, a job. If you hate it, leave. Go get another one.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's a mindset mentality that's switched with our generation that like the idea of gritting your teeth for a few years is a complete fuck you. It's like, no, yeah. why would I hate my life for seven years when I could go do something else? Exactly. And like, unless you know, that's what you're doing on purpose. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to take me 10 years to get to where I'm, you know, planning to end up. Then, you know, that's different. Then you're gritting your teeth for a known end, not just because you feel like you need to for five or six years. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's terrible. Um, I, uh, I, I can't imagine, um, well, actually, now I can't imagine what point I was trying to make there, other than I think that's a generational shift that I'm in favor of. Like, don't be deliberately unhappy of if you can avoid it. Yeah. Well, then you're not being deliberately unhappy, <laughs> right? Yeah, so
2: unless a fan of the like the companies aren't going to try to support your career anymore because people know that like like the the businesses know that that's not like how the the market works anymore so they can just, you know, shuffle, you know, they can hire, they can overhire and then lay off if they need to. Uh they not promote people. Well, that's why you got to move around a lot. Yeah, but that's why you got to, you know, it's it's not like they're not going to take it personally and if they do, don't work for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: I do find it weird how sometimes people like get attached to their jobs. I don't know if I'm like an unfeeling monster or something, but at my last job, I'd been there for six years, and then I got laid off, and uh, like I knew it was coming. My, my company had been laying off people every uh, December for, I think, four oh, years. Oh, man.
2: I, that, like period i went through that so many times with the games industry because that's just part of part and parcel but that like period where you know the layoffs are coming but you're still like you know clocking in every day it was always when's it gonna be me when's it gonna be me
0: yeah but uh when i got laid off i was like okay cool i can you know go right full time now for a while while i'm on unemployment and uh my boss when she called me in to tell me like was crying out of like just frustration and anger and she was she was upset that i was getting laid off and i was like Oh. oh my god it's it's a job. Like I, I don't care about you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly Whoops. didn't yeah have don't emotional <laughs> I didn't have emotional attachment to this. Every job. single
2: one of you. Yeah. I'm gonna miss this potted plant.
1: It must be different in the situation where you're saying I'm sorry I'm taking away your livelihood. You know that for for, the, yeah. for her being upset, that's I mean, just her not being an just monster.
0: Telling me that upper management was, you know, oh, but she's delivering they... the news. I guess. Yeah, it sucks to be the but one. But a lot of people the get laid off and they like cry and they get upset. And I'm like, what? What did you expect? It's a company. It's a profit-maximizing endeavor. When you are no longer maximizing profit, profit, they will fix that.
2: Those people probably are thinking that it's the previous um, paradigm where, like, the companies did companies did used to look out for their people yeah but like i don't know Some if i do. like that I think it's a big thing in japan uh yeah different cultures too yeah, but i'm, I'm yeah. kind of like going back and forth between like yeah the, the the um the way it is now is like more efficient i guess it like improves capitalism it like makes individual people's lives a bit crappier though and then like but it's like is it is it really good to keep somebody around because of loyalty right i mean i guess like it's reliability not and like knowing this person and their capabilities i guess could be good but like yeah. But then it could also, you know, incentivize people that it just keep, they just stay in the company. Everybody knows this person, you know, who's like in some upper management position and they suck at their job. And the only reason they're still there is because they've been there for so long that you can't fire them.
0: Oh, and you know, it also means that companies lose a lot of human capital because their employees are changing every two to three years. Yeah. And then that means they got to retrain people and they lose that institutional knowledge that that person had. On the other hand, that can be a good thing too. You draw new blood, you shake things up, but it also comes with costs like when i leave my position i i know that my uh my company's going to be kind of fucked because they they have a hard time hiring people especially right now in denver accountants are just hard to find
2: really yeah weird i yeah. feel like a a lot of people my age were going into accounting because they had all read the same books that said that that was going to be a big growth area. <laughs> oh okay uh i think they were wrong because nobody really accounted for like internet uh accounted for was that a pun or or i guess
1: no one did the accounting Ah,
2: yeah (laughs) okay i'm I'm, I'm trying to remember i mean i still get
0: twice a month emails from recruiters being like hey you want to go to this other accounting job i'm like no no not for a long time now (laughs) they just wait they just find you yeah well because you know they're like oh here is someone who is working at an accounting position let's see if we can poach him to these (laughs) clients of ours
2: yeah that's i guess um career hack is you can like find recruiters and be like hey want to recruit me for things <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh they they i found that some recruiters do like kind of want to work as your advocate um so and some are just desperate w- to land you in a position yeah. but that means that you got a well, job their job you know. is they to get like get jobs time. for other people so mm-hmm. yeah or, or like you know if you're in school there's career counselors that can help you too
0: mm-hmm. um but the career counselors don't get a paycheck every time they find someone a career <laughs> whereas
2: the recruiters do yeah uh resources I'm, I'm running out of steam uh yeah, I think we should <laughs> maybe we up. could revisit it sometime but i think i oh oh yeah one final thing um so uh i have a friend who wanted to work at miri mm. and she was just you know she did the thing of uh contacting like you know went to the bay um just socialized a lot found people that knew people that knew people and uh was eventually able to like find somebody who worked there in order to ask like hey what do i what do i need in order to work at mary and uh this is someone who i think she did not go to college or like do well at school um due to like depression issues or like life things but they're like okay you need like this level of math you should be able to do x y and z and she was like cool all right and then just did it just or is still in the process of like okay uh now i'm gonna go back through you know college math to this like higher level math now okay and then like you know i'm at this level in programming now so like i can check that one out just you know like got a spreadsheet and just like systematically is like okay learn that thing learn that thing learn that thing <laughs> so like you could also shoot for the moon for like whatever your dream job is or whatever really prestigious thing you want to do or help with and and just do the research figure out what it takes like steven was saying earlier about like yeah what does it take to be a private investigator i mean like that seems like a cool movie job it's a cool like even if like the actual reality of it turned out that it wasn't that great that like being able to tell people that you're a private investigator is pretty sweet
1: yeah but your point's taken
2: um (laughs) or it looks cool on a resume or whatever you know i don't
1: put it on my resume but but i hear what you're saying like in general yeah i think the only piece about your your friend's story that i think is cautionary is i wouldn't move out to the part of the country that your job is in unless you have something lined up for it like i feel like she may have just been able to spam everyone who worked there with an email saying, how do I get a job there from the safety and comfort of where she's already lived without having to live in the Bay Area?
2: I don't know. If, mm, it's not really the there. same as meeting people. Yeah, face-to-face But yeah. But just But you're asking just what it takes still. to get the job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but you, you, she had to like figure out how to get in touch with one of the people that worked there in order to ask the question.
0: That's why everyone who wants to act has to move out to the Hollywood. Hmm. You really got to be where the where the action is happening. Where the people are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um. What do? Bleh, what, what? What's next? What's What's on our? Uh, do we have anything else? Any feedback? Or do we? we yeah, just we, we a do have
0: a thing just in time for the holidays. Oh yes. Cecilia <laughs> uh, gifts to get somebody. <laughs> yes. So uh, I mentioned before that Jace made our beautiful uh, Basin Conspiracy logo. We now have one of those internet store things where you can buy stuff that has our logo on it. Uh, things like, um, what is it, coffee mug, mouse pads for people who still use mouse (laughs) pads. I don't know. I use a mouse pad.
1: Do you? Yeah, I've got an optical mouse that kind of needs a pad to see what it's doing. I
0: I also have a glass desk. I was going to say, I've got a glass desk. All right, yeah. Um, I've I've found optical mice work perfectly on everything except, I guess, reflective surfaces. (laughs) Uh, Phone cases. Yes, that's right. Phone cases. Technically, t-shirts. I personally do not advocate anyone buy clothes that they can't try on first because cuts are you know important and you got to see what they look like but if you would like to buy a t-shirt anyway or a hoodie or something with our logo on it you can do that and stickers and stickers yes lots of stickers um the this might be the first
2: time i put a sticker on my car yeah so then
0: there's there's a whole load of options for things that you can buy that have our logo on them and uh we get a cut of you know anything that you purchase because otherwise why would we do this i didn't know we got a
1: cut i thought i when you you showed us this like a month ago and i was like oh that's cool i thought it was just a service that somebody did for us i didn't know we got
0: no no uh, a small part of that goes into our bank account and then we uh get that you know at the end of the year
1: oh well that's interesting i'm buying a phone case and i didn't know that i was (laughs) somehow putting a quarter of a dollar back (laughs) in my own pocket but whatever um yeah the uh um I have no idea what the ratio is on that, but we'll have a link to that on the episode description. And I'm assuming on the website prominently displayed somewhere at this point.
0: Oh, uh, yes, I will do that.
1: All right. Perfect. We'll, well, yeah, we'll find somewhere to put it on the website as well. Link to the store.
0: Yeah.
2: Yay. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> now I feel like I need to make more graphics or maybe this will finally motivate me to make more graphics. Mm.
1: If you want to, that'd be cool. I love the one we have, but, and at this point it's iconic. That's true.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: All right we should uh who's our patron for this episode
0: our patron do we remember who's whose turn it is? I'm
1: gonna give it to you because I we're not keeping track. We'll start doing that
0: okay our patron this week is Beth Smith Thank Ta-da. you yes <laughs> Thank you Beth Smith because of you uh, we are having slightly better careers in the podcasting world is that it
1: you know it's not <laughs> it's not about that it's about uh the the support again it's about us... us
2: getting to do this thing we like
1: yeah. yeah and it's it's nice to know that people you know uh
0: another people enjoy it enough to to be willing to pay for it
1: yeah i have a hard time just saying that every time but it does it always makes me happy to i don't know see that and i you know the other thing that this has always done for me too is i now donate more to patreon stuff of things that i enjoy Mm -hmm. um the second that i opened that we opened up our own and i'm like oh yeah why aren't i giving financial support to uh derek bannis that you know makes a coding tutorials on youtube why don't i give binging with babish money every month like i love watching his shows when they come out so yeah um
0: my life is measurably improved by these things and i'm willing to you know yeah. give a little bit of money for for that because that's time that people aren't pursuing their careers and hacking them <laughs> exactly i basically give
2: like to um give well or like individual creators like, I, I, I don't know, it's just, I like to either be, I like to either be giving to the most effective charity or, like, specifically to a person who made a thing that I like. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because, like, you know, if, if you're a writer, yeah. you get, and, and you're going the traditional publishing route, uh, that's not accessible to everybody, um, and also, like, by the time you get your royalties, like, everybody along in the process has taken a chunk out of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you are a writer supported by Patreon, you get all that money, except for the amount Patreon takes. Yes. Uh,
0: but that's not so, as much as how much the publishing industry
2: takes. Yeah. But, uh, hey, that's another career hack. Uh, do something cool. Make a Patreon. <laughs> 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 Although, uh, I don't know, because a, a lot of Patreons, I think, don't really pay enough to be like, your full-time thing, but at least you can support somebody's, like, side oh, thing almost. that might eventually turn into an outside thing. Yeah, yeah. I think most none ma- of them pays enough. Yeah, for...
1: the super majority probably doesn't pay enough to pay your, pay your bills on, but it pays enough to keep you incentivized to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, if it all it does is pay your cable bill, that's, you know, more than nothing.
3: And I will
0: say um, there have been some weeks where I've been like, oh, God, I just, I don't want to do it. Let's call it off. But, you know, having disappoint. that financial incentive really helps as well okay oh, yeah.
1: well if you're if you know your friendship and com- camaraderie to us isn't enough I'm glad no, screw some... <laughs> you guys <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's it for this one we have a couple of fun episodes lined up but I'm not sure which one's coming up next so just stay tuned knowing that I'm excited about at least if it's not the next two it'll be the next three or four've we've, we've been contacted by some people that I'm excited to do episodes with so yeah uh, hold on to your seats they
0: should be fun excellent yeah. all, right. all right thanks everyone and have a great uh, no Thanksgiving's ready over
2: happy holidays there we go there it is
0: (laughs) bye